Thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. For the 50th time, it's oh, the Metalist shit. Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a very, very special <laughs> episode. This is number 50 for us. What a milestone. I'm Dave. And I am Jason Tinker Train. All right, then. <laughs> Let's see. Let me try that one more time. All right. I am... Let's see. I'm trying to find one. I am the Miracle Man. Oh, there you go. Okay, that one's better. Okay. That was yeah, better. Yeah, I'm the Miracle yeah. Man. We can do that. We can do that. Dude, okay, just real quick. I just mm-hmm. got to say, how bad does it suck for Ozzy to know that he sings this lyric? Mr. Tinker Train. <laughs> Dude, come on. Yeah, different. Time. I bet that keeps him up at night every night. I'm sure a couple things every keep night. him up at night, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Joining us today on this special, special occasion, I've been looking forward to getting him on for some time. One of my very good friends, I officiated his wedding. I don't remember how it went. I'm hoping it went oh, well. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> it went well, man. <laughs> all right, good, good, good. Uh, positive marks, I will take them. One of my longest running friends, a uh, guy I played music with. I'm sure we'll get into some stories of different kinds of ilk here or there. Ilk. From throat ilk. Yeah, throat for Brett, throat ilk. That's, from, that's a spoiler for later in the episode. Yeah, from his solo project, Bowheart. And now also from the punk band, Fear of the Lions, we have my good friend, Jimmy James Bohart. Say hi to the folks, Jimmy. Well, hello there, folks. So yeah, as <laughs> we like, like to a do, threat, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey there, folks. Hey there, folks. You're screwed now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't walk that street at night <laughs> if you catch my drift. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me in this alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're getting creepy. Speaking yeah, of getting creepy. <laughs> We like to start this episode off the way we start off every episode. Jimmy, what was your first exposure to Ozzy Osbourne? Uh, first exposure to Ozzy Osbourne. It's kind of like a weird story, so kind of bear with it. Always. The weird ones are the best ones. So I lived in a trailer park when I was younger, and I was in the pool, and some Ozzy came on, and my mom freaked the hell out and she was just like, Oh my God, he just said hell and like ran over and turned it off. And I'm like, that sounded pretty fucking cool. Uh, it was facing hell from down to earth. Okay. Yeah. So, so keep in mind, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a youngster. I'd like to call myself a youngster. Yeah. So 2001 when down to earth came out, uh, I was only 11 years old. So, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Man, get off my lawn. 
<laughs> so 11 year old me goes, Hey, wait a minute facing hell. What do you mean? I need to know more about this hell you speak of. And you know, that's how I was uh, introduced to the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, singing Tinker Train or, you know, Prince of Darkness. I think, yeah, like Dave said, there's a few things that probably keep him up at night. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, not to mention that this was like the exact time, if I'm not mistaken, that he became reality TV show star Ozzy Osbourne on the Osbournes, where he's just like sitting there trying to stay awake, watching the History Channel, not saying a word, looking all befuddled. Well, you know, chasing a cat. So where do you fall in the, um, you know, because there was that whole rumor speaking of the Osbournes. And I'm probably like throwing off the whole freaking format of the show. That's but... what we, we do all the time with our own show. It's perfect, man. You're, you're in so, the right place for it. Fucking it up. There was that freaking rumor that like Sharon was slipping him drugs and shit. So he'd sound incoherent, you know, like kind of like I the whole Sylvester Stallone thing, you know, yep. like, yep. I, I, heard, I saw that. Okay, too. dude. Okay. Is that confirmed? Uh, dude, I don't know. I think I like it has been. Rumors. Yeah. Like has anybody other than, cause I remember D'Lo talking about that with like fucking Tony Danza. Yeah, Tony Danza too. Yep. So he was the one that said that too, though. So, so the so the knows? that's what I'm saying. Like, is it like are we talking like a fucking a grip or a best boy or a producer or something that's saying this, or is it like the person themselves? Because if you've become like the butt of a joke, and the joke is you're a fucking idiot, it seems to me that an easy way to just basically like rebut that is to say, well, I was fucking drugged. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I, I'd have to remember who actually said that, but I, I thought I saw something about somebody saying something that to that effect. I was just like, maybe something about, Oh, it was the producers of the show. And I don't remember specifically, but isn't that one, um, say somebody whose name starts with an S and ends with a heron. <laughs> Pure speculation, but I, I thought there was something about that. You know, that was the zeitgeist, man. He had the fucking album out at the time, had the TV show. You know, Ozfest was in the middle of being a successful touring thing. Like there, were, it was firing on all cylinders, man. I was reflecting the other day. I have a program with an ad because I got all the programs at Ozfest for a while. There was a there was a ad on the back page or cover even maybe of one of those programs for a, a game called Ozzy's dark skies or something like that, where you like ride a dragon and you're like either black Sabbath Ozzy from the seventies or you're the, um, what is it? You're the werewolf Ozzy from the eighties or your main Ozzy from at that point, you know, 2000 or 2001 or whatever talking about this game's going to come out soon. And it got shit canned before anything else. Just like the Metallica Demolition Derby game that was supposed to happen around the time of St. Anger that was advertised on there. That was when music and video games were still not bedfellows. They're still not like completely. You guys ever play, um, oh God, what's the Aerosmith one? Something Revolution? It's like a, it's like a uh, rail shooter where you got to save... Aerosmith from these terrorists. <laughs> no, and you. And Jesus, it was. It's dude, like I think it's called Project you're Revolution. Speaking a totally different fucking. 
I yeah, yeah, yeah. We even talk about. Yeah, like there was this arcade cabinet back in the early '90s, and it's like, oh, music is the weapon, and you got to go save Aerosmith from these terrorist dudes. And instead of a gun that shoots bullets, it's a gun that shoots CDs. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I'm making this all up. This was very, very real. Oh, Let me look up the God. name real quick. Let's so this is while you're looking up that name, Revolution X, that's what it was. Okay, I knew it was Revolution something. 1994. That sounds late, but okay. I want to go back to you know Ozzy being drugged here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you find so, something? Yeah, yeah. So it looks like, and this is just actually this is a hell of a lot more recent than I thought. So Ultimate Classic Rock and a few other publications. The Hollywood Digest, a whole bunch of other shit, says that Sharon Osbourne admitted to drugging him just a couple of years ago in order to get him to admit to his extramarital affairs. So she actually gave him a shitload of sleeping pills to try to coax him into admitting that he was like cheating on her. What the fuck? Fucking wow. weird, right? Like, so it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So this is like really recent. So I guess. I guess they broke up in 2016. I remember that. Yeah, he had a relationship with with someone named Michelle Pugh. This hair, or, hairdresser, uh, yeah, yeah. And basically, he admitted to having. You know, I mean, I love this fucking. I love this guy. First off, you know, you get caught fucking cheating on your wife, and then you go, "I'm a sex addict. I need help." Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like that episode of South Park with the... Yeah, dude, the fucking the money. Yeah. Like, what is it about getting a lot of money makes you want to fucking cheat? Yeah, yeah. But who would ever cheat on their wife? What about love? Yeah. What causes extramarital affairs? It's... What was it, dude? It was alien wizards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was alien wizards. So Jason that doesn't watch any cartoons is sitting here listening to talk about alien wizards going, what the fuck? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'm so, still tripping on fucking Sharon talk about like I drugged the motherfucker and it's all yeah, justified. Dude. It's all justified because he did admit to it. And it's like, I don't know, man. I still think that's that's equally as fucked. Yeah. Well, no, so 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 wait a minute. So he basically admitted to the affair, but she still didn't trust him. So then she put two sleeping pills in his drink. So it's a lifelong Man, okay. healthy relationship, clearly. Yeah, so I'm you know what? I'm gonna go I'm going on record here and I'm gonna say she fucking drugged him during the Osborns. Yeah. Because clearly <laughs> dude, that was never an issue to her. That's fucked up, dude. Well, and apparently I remember part of that same story about the drugging thing was like he would sneak off and go take a little something on a off of a pipe every once in a while. So well, dude, I, there's nothing wrong with someone doing drugs on their own. Yeah, there, there's something wrong with someone drugging yeah, someone. That, that's, dude. that's true. That's true. Like, fuck, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like anyway, she's yeah. like, he can take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess <laughs> he I guess can if anybody it. knows, it would be her, right? Yeah, she knows his tolerance. Yeah. Oh mercy. <laughs> uh, any more to your story there, Jimbo? No, no, man. That, that's uh. I mean, she basically was just like, yep, I did it. I just couldn't, you know, I was, and she said, like, I was a broken woman yeah. and I could never trust him again. It's like, dude, he already told you he cheated. Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah. just drugged him because you're like, who else did he fuck? You know? like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mercy. Hey, I guess while we're on the subject, have you seen those, uh, those pictures of him leaving his home? 
Yeah, which one? Which so, one? <clears throat> paparazzi are fucking scum, first and foremost. But they got a picture of him in uh, leaving his home uh, in a back of a car and without makeup or hair dye or anything. He just looks like some sad lady, dude. Like, old lady. Like, <laughs> with gray hair and stuff. I mean, you're probably able to find him on Google or something, but you could just as easily not look and just know, hey, that's, you know, even it's Ozzy's got to chill during COVID, man. And he's got to, you know, he's got to literally let his hair down and just be an old dude, man. Just let But I mean, yeah, peace. I mean, give him a break, dude. I mean, he's in his 70s, you know, yeah. like, what, yeah, exactly. what do you expect him to look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting that like, like, it's just like, oh yeah, he's, he's chilling too. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of, of I'm wearing sweatpants everywhere because the world is fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, it's just his face is the sweatpants in this case. He's probably wearing sweatpants too. Let it, he's the goddamn Prince of Darkness. Let him, let him chill, man. I mean, for reals. I mean, it, like, let alone that fucking tour that's been canceled three times. Dude, I had bought tickets when it was originally announced. Yeah, our buddy. Ball, yeah. And I, yeah, I had, to, I had to back out. Our buddy Aaron did the same for the one here at uh, whatever the one in Chula Vista is that I can't remember the name of anymore. Um, no more no more tours tour or whatever yeah i mean shit that's it's pretty literal at this point you know yeah no more tours again yeah yeah i mean he's he's quit like 15 times yeah man and then he every time he comes out with another song talking about i you can't stop me i'm not gonna quit <laughs> it's just like dude just okay i guess we should, we should we should mention for all we're saying right now we do love him as a figurehead and for everything he's done and there's a history there, but like, you know, anyway, what's yeah, your so- first exposure to yeah. Ozzy Osbourne Delo? All right. I'm in the mid nineties when a lot of this is happening. I'm, Are you guys the same age? Uh, he's a, he's a few years younger. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm 11 in 1996. So, and that's the time of the Beavis and Butthead movie do America. Right. And so it's the soundtrack is coming out. And I remember on Rock 105.3, they're, hey, we're premiering the new Ozzy Osbourne single. Fucking, I don't walk on water from the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. And I'm just like, I've never heard of this person. Let's hear it. Okay. And it's not like the most representative. It just blows my fucking mind that when this is happening, you've never heard of uh, keep going it's it's somebody's you know what i mean it's got to yeah. somebody's oh, yeah. it's got to be somebody's first time somehow <laughs> it just happens crazy. to be the one because i'm at that age and that's what's being pushed at that moment you know what i mean so that was my first exposure and from then on i hear crazy train a little later i hear diary so, is, Red so is that song not on the soundtrack it is uh oh wait a, i'm seeing the, i'm seeing the beavis and butthead experience so oh, yeah that's a whole on. different thing it's the do america soundtrack specifically yeah Shout out to oh, okay. the uh, Megadeth song on there, on the experience. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. But anyway, keep going. But yeah, and then, you know, from there I go and I get... And it takes me years to figure out who Black Sabbath even is, but that's a different episode for a different day. You know, it's it's funny. We're, we're sticking to Aussie solo material specifically. No Sabbath, even though, I mean, you could say... What's that one? No Rest for the Wicked? Is that the one where he covers Sabbath songs? No. No. What is it? It's not on. Oh, it's not oh, on the live the the pseudo live one. Yeah, yeah, the fake live one. 
now I can't even think of what the fuck it's called for some reason. Oh, yeah, and Jesus I can picture Christ. the cover and everything, man. Shoot me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> shoot me in the face. Yep. Dude, that is what she said. Yeah, hashtag shoot me in the face. Anyway, so that one. It's not It's not Man, ultimate sin. Fuck, God. speak of the devil. God. Speak of the devil, that's what it is. All right. It's the only one with Brad Gillis on guitar, but we'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I guess on that point, Jason, what's your first exposure to Ozzy Osbourne? I remember seeing my sis, one of my sister's boyfriend played Crazy Train on his, on his guitar. Like he was standing on his bed or whatever. He's playing Crazy Train. What were you doing on his bed? I don't even know if it was like the full fucking song. Okay, so this is like also like 1980. So I was just with my sister hanging out at his house. And he was like standing up on the bed. And he played all... It was the first time I ever saw anybody actually... Well, okay. First time I remember seeing anybody actually play guitar like in real life. I'm pretty sure I've seen pictures of my dad playing acoustic guitar when I was really little. But I was six years old, and it was the first time I'd seen anybody actually play guitar. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. And then, I mean, at that point, dude, like once we got to Idaho, I think we moved to Idaho in 1981. I don't think Idaho at the time, I, if they had a classic rock radio station, I don't remember ever hearing it. I only ever remember hearing like the top 40 station and like country stations. So the next time I hear Ozzy and the first time I hear Ozzy Osbourne and actually know that it's him was seeing the Shot in the Dark video on MTV (laughs) in 1986. I think it's 86. And then shortly after that, the Tribute album came out for Randy Rhodes and they basically Mm -hmm. like re-released Crazy Train. I don't remember if it was the live... I don't think it was the live version. It may have been. But... It was basically like they re-released it as a music video, and Ozzy had like short hair. That that's the live one, yeah, with, for the Randy Rhodes thing, yeah. 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 So yeah. I know I the like, album's live. I just can't remember if the version for the video is live, but yeah, that was. I remember seeing that and just going, "Holy fuck!" So I bought that album, and I was just like, "God damn!" Like I was so fucking blown away by that album, and like Randy's playing and shit, and like. like there's also uh, Black Sabbath songs on there too, which I think by this time, yeah. So I'd, I'd heard Black Sabbath. I just don't think until Tribute came out, I don't think I knew that Ozzy Osbourne sang for Black Sabbath. Yeah, so it wasn't like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'd heard Black Sabbath before I heard Ozzy. I just didn't know. Yeah. Like I'd heard stuff like Paranoid shit on the radio, but I didn't even know it was Black Sabbath. Like it was just, I just it was, it was just a, song. a band on, yeah, it was just a band on the radio where this was like oh shit like by this time i had seen the black sabbath name like a million fucking times so this is also like right in the midst of like the satanic panic and because by this time he like i think it was uh if if not around this it was close or it was it was around so i think it was 84 when he had the first lawsuit against him for suicide solution the kid killed himself or whatever so He's still, you know, he's knee-deep in, like, the Prince of Darkness. He's knee-deep in, like, at the height of his fucking powers. You know what I mean? Like, as far as the Prince of Darkness stuff. Because I actually yeah, think, yeah. music-wise, he peaks a little bit later. We'll get into that. But mm-hmm. right now, Ultimate Sin, Tribute Era, going into No Rest for the Wicked. I mean, it's, it's at an all-time fucking high of, like, this motherfucker is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to the masses, he was on... We'll get to that in just a minute, but 
yeah, this this is right in there. And so it's like, I don't recall if I ever saw, I'm, I'm sure I saw his name before I heard him with this, with as often as I looked at magazines and stuff. Okay. You know, but like, yeah, that video for Shot in the Dark, like just, I fucking loved that music video. Oh, like, same. That was, was just me. Like this, t- this little mini movie. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. It had a, a start, a middle, and yeah. a definite end. And it was really fucking cool how quickly it fucking moves because it's not a very long song. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. That's that storytelling right there. I gotta shout out my buddy Jordan Via Gomez. That was that was our thing. We would just like see each other and just go shot in the dark. Because we love that <laughs> video, man. And then, you know, and we like I just want to go on record and say I have literally never done anything like that. Oh yeah, that's our thing. Shout out Jordo, man. <laughs> like, like, and those because we just started, yeah, same. It was a goofy fun video, and it was just something we happened to be watching MTV at the or MTV two more likely maybe I don't know. Either way, right? It be it opened up once I saw once I basically once I heard tribute like it opened up like now all of a sudden it's like oh shit. Because by now, I've met kids from, like, a, a few different towns. And, like, shout out fucking Casey Brockman and Tommy King, Pete Torres, Bomaro Lopez, Brian Bolter. Shout out all those dudes because they were all from another town. They had Bark at the Moon. They had Diary of a Madman. And then shout out fucking – I mean, I honestly don't – probably my buddy Tate Palmer, dude, like RIPD. Like, he had Blizzard of Oz, and it was like – by now I'm meeting all these different people. And so my music collection is getting bigger because I'm making dubs and whatnot. And it's like, now it's just like, it's just like a kid now, like discovering Iron Maiden on fucking Spotify and all of a sudden go, Holy fuck. Like there's so much stuff. Yeah. That's what it was like for me. It was just like any band, you know, and, and Ozzy was one of those. It was like, Oh my God, like this stuff is fucking so cool. Like, and it just opened up this whole other thing. And it's, it's weird because when I first heard it, I really fucking liked it. And then the more I listened to it, I really started to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like it actually, the, the more I fucking listened to Ozzy and still do, the more I dislike, not, not so much the music. So, I mean, a lot of it's music, but man, I just, I've never considered myself aside from maybe a year or two in like 87, 88. I've never considered myself an Ozzy Osbourne fan. Cause I just never really liked him. I always, liked his guitar players which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. yeah i could see that cool, i'm cool, an cool. ozzy osbourne fan <laughs> oh jimmy's fucking diehard ozzy fan okay hey real quick do we do we shout out mike harby too you can right now i'm leaving that to jimmy are, are you are oh. like yeah i, I am i shouting out here mike oh hornby yeah oh <laughs> what for just like, isn't that your guys' thing? It's like, like you both what? like Ozzy. <laughs> we went to an Ozzy concert once, but <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't you... know where I didn't know uh, where you guys' you know relationship okay. was. Hey. No, no, it's not bad. Just hey, in relation to Ozzy, it's more like a, you know, hey, shout out, shout out to Hornby for buying that ticket for the show. We had a good time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, no, no disrespect to the guy. I got nothing against. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we're good. It just <laughs> in regards to Ozzy, oh I know the correlation. <laughs> All right, sorry, I thought there was a little more to it. My bad. Shout out to my mama who yeah. raised me. Just want to shout one out to Biggie. Shout one out to Biggie. Yeah, oh you know? my god! Yeah. I'm gonna shout out another friend, big Ozzy fan. Uh, my bu- <laughs> my buddy Beavis. That's not his real name, but he knows who he is. Um, yeah, <laughs> but he big Ozzy fan, dude. Like, and 
I mean, that's that's such a weird thing. So I don't listen to Ozzy all the time. So I mean, for sure, like this week, I've been listening to a lot, and mostly like today because I was actually on a job where I could have headphones in. And I mean, there's so much like just huge fucking nostalgia for me when I do listen to Ozzy because growing up when I grew up as a fucking metal fan, some of it's where I grew up. We didn't have access to maybe a lot of, especially back then we didn't have access to like Celtic Frost. We didn't have access to creator and shit like that. So Ozzy was like everywhere. I mean, yeah, every fucking metalhead I knew I came across you were an Ozzy. One, yeah, yeah. You listen to metal. You listen to Ozzy. Yeah, no yeah. matter what metal T-shirt. If, if someone, if you saw someone metal T-shirt, like you didn't know the band, but you obviously knew it was a metal shirt. You know, it's like, oh, I, I've never heard Armin Saint, so I'm not going to go up to him and start talking about Armin Saint, right? But you know what I can always do? I can go up and talk about Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it yeah, was that just was the pinnacle. They were synonymous. Like Ozzy yeah, and metal was just were synonymous. Which brings yeah. me to this. To me, he is, but. To you guys, is Ozzy the king of metal? Yeah, I mean, definitely as a figurehead, right? I mean, like talent. I don't know. We're not talking about talent, right? He's, no, he's the no, most no, 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 no. recognizable yeah. figure for sure, right? He's in all the I mean, kids' movies now and stuff. Dude, yeah, yeah, he's had his own TV show, and I know uh, yeah. a friend of ours was like, "Well, you know, he's he's." known to people outside of metal because just because of a tv show i'm like but that's exactly what i'm talking about guess who didn't have his own tv show the metal god rob halford mm-hmm. right so i consider you know judas priest iron maiden could be the metal gods right but ozzy is the king of metal and and i mean it's fucking from news stories to just the craziest fucking legends dude mm-hmm. yeah you know, I, mean, I, mean, I mean even like you're talking the big four like they didn't get their own show Right. True. And it's like Metallica's you know, easily the biggest fucking metal band there's ever fucking been. But like, yeah, they're they're a whole different thing. Ozzy, but Ozzy's the king of metal. I mean, they opened for him like that was what everybody yeah. needed. Everybody, if you wanted to be a huge band, I mean, at some point, really, the holy grail was we got to open for Ozzy Osbourne. Like he could make or break bands to the point where guess who doesn't have a Metallica fest? Metallica. Guess who doesn't yeah. have a fucking Judas Priest fest? Judas Priest, but there's a fucking Oz fest. Yeah, or at um, least there was. And, I was going to say Metallica tried to have a, a fest and that didn't. Right. Well, ago. you know, and I mean Slipknot has one, sure, but mm-hmm. now it's it's a different thing. But the thing is, is not only was he huge and larger than fucking life just with the music, but also the, the personality, the persona, but also he really brought a lot of bands up with him mm-hmm. or I guess more like because of him, he really yeah. fucking made a lot of fucking bands careers, man. Putting bands on Ozfest was huge, dude. And I mean, he did like, and I, again, it's his name on it. I don't know if it was him fucking co-signing on the bands, but it's his fucking name on it. So whatever. He gets the fucking credit. He's the quarterback. So, so fine. You know, and it's like, to me, he is the king of metal because he was in, he was in movies. Even in the 80s, he was in that trick-or-treat movie. Well, okay, so the Alamo, you know, pissing on the Alamo. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times has that been referenced as movie in movies? Not even in Airheads. I mean, just other movies. You know, it's... Yeah. It's crazy. The biting the fucking bat head off, the fucking stomping the puppies before the fucking show. You know, like, I mean, all of that fucking shit. Snorting the line of fucking ants or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that was with Molly Crew. Mm-hmm. He just, he has all, you know, and then, dude, the lawsuit for Suicide Solution. And I mean, and then uh, the other one, uh, 
What was the other one that th- there was? There was another lawsuit before that. So you're talking the one with like Lee Kerslake and and uh, Phil Susan and no, I think, no, um, there was there was another Bob issue. There was another issue that happened as far as like controversy and shit's concerned. Because we had you had the thing with the dude in Suicide Solution, but then there was another one where the dude like stabbed someone, right? This was <laughs> yeah, uh, eighty three. James uh, Jollymore, yeah, uh, killed right, one of yeah. his two sons in Canada after listening to Bark at the Moon. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Like because he said he felt fucking strange inside. Yeah, like that's what I just read right now. It's like he felt strange inside. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to laugh because he legit killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fucked. You like, know, and I it's felt a fucking tingle in my gut, and it said to kill everybody and their kids. Yeah, it's it's like, a, like oh, you can't blame that on fucking like bark at the moon of all songs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that fucking I mean, cheese ball song. Like, I yeah, love it because yeah. the guitar works great and everything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I used to that, say it all the time. Bark at the moon, stab. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. guys ever ran into this because this would be like when you guys were fairly young. Mm-hmm. But mid 90s or so, mid to late 90s, there was just like, so I was working in Denny's and there was like this group of kids that would come in every fucking, I don't know, every couple nights or whatever, very late, one in the morning, two in the morning. In Idaho, the bars, bars close at one. And I think they're probably too young to drink anyway. But they came in and they're straight up just dressed like vampires. And I don't mean oh, <laughs> I don't mean like Dracula. I mean more like uh, probably Interview with a Vampire, oh, right? Yeah, like okay. the old school. And I mean there was like one dude. I mean I'm talking like dude straight up like with like Victorian age. Yeah, talking. but like powder on their face that's like mixed with a little bit of purple, so they look cold and dead. Like it was really elaborate. And I fucking went up. I, I was I was out cleaning the fucking you know those little push vacuum things. I was, I was doing that and I, I, I walked over and I just, I, I, I had to fuck with him a little bit because I was a little bit older and, and I was like, I go, what's up with you guys? And she goes, don't you know, dear, we're vampires. Oh, she called you dear. Yes. And I'm like, you know, you're not immortal, right? Well, and I mean, all dear. of them just, they all just cackle uh. and then just act like I'm not there. And I'm, I'm just like, like, you know, you're going to die, right? <laughs> like if I jab you with this fucking fork. You're gonna. Yeah, I could kill you right now if I. No, but I mean, you know, they just kept kept laughing. I just listened to Bark at the Moon, and I'm feeling fucking swirly. I could end you. Yeah, I listened to Bark at the Moon, man. Don't fucking, dude, dude, <laughs> do not, do not test me. No, like I mean, so then I started thinking about. I was like, you know what, man? Like actually, to be completely honest with you, I mean, legends aside, if you had somebody that fucking just killed some guy in a fucking alley and sucked his blood. Technically, you have a vampire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because to the dude that's dead, side of living forever. I mean, really, when we count <laughs> yeah. the vampire, we, we it's just someone who drinks blood, right? Like, right. Someone who's just yeah, it is. They fucking drink. Now, blood I can't really bad. explain. True. I can't really explain. You know, lycanthropy, other than maybe it's a fucking. <laughs> I mean, maybe that. Jollimore guy was uh, very hairy or something. Yeah, I was gonna say some dudes are just. Or maybe it was a full moon that night. I don't know, but yeah, he's he's always been steeped in controversy. Mm -hmm. And I, dude, there's part of me that wonders now. Not so. I'd never wondered it then. Back then, it was just like, holy fuck! Like we didn't say things were metal, but we all were thinking like that's so metal, right? Yeah. But now I look back and I'm like, man, was like, was all that shit fabricated or not fabricated? calculated 
and I mean, like can, part of the lawsuit image, aside, like, you can't really fucking say anything about the lawsuits. But, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just so weird to me that this stuff just happened all at the perfect time, and he just got so much fame from it. Potentially, I he's just a wacky dude. I mean, but it was a different time. Days. I mean, yeah. It was a it was a day and age where that sort of thing could happen like organically, yeah. just out of nowhere. Holy fuck! Because the only thing close to this I can think of earlier than Ozzy Osbourne is like Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, but not by much. Di- you know, but different than Ozzy, Alice Cooper was solely like on stage and in music where. Outside, you know, I'd, I'd seen interviews with Alice Cooper from back in the day, and he's just a, a like a fucking normal dude or whatever. And everything I've seen, he's a pretty normal dude backstage or whatever. Ozzy was not like he was a fucking Satanist. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, the partying, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he, fuck, dude. Yeah. The only I, fucking behind the music that comes close to Motley Cruz is fucking Ozzy Osbourne's. And he gets mentioned a lot in the Motley Cruz yes. one. Yes, because they opened for him. Like, that was a big thing for them yeah you know, put really putting them over the edge was them opening up for ozzy it was depicted Which in retrospect that movie. seems like a really fucking weird show uh, Does it? yeah i mean for the 80s it probably made a lot more sense you know what i mean like you didn't have yeah. a lot of things yeah. to have you know especially back then like if you were metal that's it you're metal like yeah. you play guitar with distortion metal yeah oh yeah you know you wear fucking leather pants metal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I was sitting there thinking about it, so it's like it's really interesting because we just did a Van Halen episode, and we were talking about like, you know, what do we call them? Like, call them hard rock, right? They might just actually be the ultimate hard rock band. But like Ozzy's strange, like Van Halen, he's old enough to be classic rock too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, or classic metal is like the big label now for a lot of these bands is like classic really? metal because well, yeah. it is different than classic rock. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and that's Ozzy's different have, than Elton John. Metal is now uh, is just like entirely different than oh yeah than Ozzy metal or you know so I've heard I've heard people throw around the term classic metal and then I've also heard you know heavy metal which right that's yeah. what 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 Ozzy is he's heavy metal but well dude yeah. I was even listening to like No More Tears and like uh, No No Rest for the Wicked today like on my way home from work. And I'm just sitting listening to it. I mean, that, and that's Zach Wilde. So, I mean, and it's newer stuff. So, it's a little more aggressive guitars. But I'm still listening to it going, Jesus, this is like, it's like the mix on it. I'm like, I don't even know if I'd call this metal anymore. This is like no. hard rock. Yeah, like, no, especially that album. Mm-hmm. Like, No Rest for the Wicked. Like, that album's pretty, uh, like, pretty lively in the sense of, like, nothing's really in the minor. Everything's just kind of like hunky door it gets album. happy it's 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 like deceivingly happy, happy. yeah yeah like when you really dig into it like most of the if you want to call it darker nature of it really just comes from the lyrics yeah you but other than I mean? that it's very much in the 80s you know yeah like, yay yeah black sabbath was way not even just darker but heavier and more aggressive yes yes you know what i mean I, you know, it's it's funny. You go through all the stages, which we'll get to. But I remember that was a big thing was um, Zach Wilde talking about not liking the songs that Dave Grohl wrote for Down to Earth. And he's just like, no, from here on out, I'm writing everything, man. It's We're going to get the heavy shit. And then he puts out whatever it was, Screamer Black Rain. And it's just kind of thud on arrival, just kind of meh. 
Uh, that black was, Black Aussie Society. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Scream Scream was Gus G. That wasn't that wasn't Zach Waugh. Was that the one? Okay, so it was Black yeah. Rain then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always get that timeline confused. We'll we'll do so the, full dis, full disclosure, dude. Like the last Ozzy Osbourne album I heard was Osmosis. I fucking hated it, and I will not listen to anything after that. I okay so. What? <laughs> Oh, dude, I've listened to Black Rain one time, and it's the most garbage shit I've ever fucking heard. I can't fucking stand it. I listen to Scream. The only cool thing is the same reason I like most Aussie stuff is fucking... I'm a huge Gus G fan from his other band, Firewind. So I'll listen to Gus G on Scream. But, like, dude, I fucking... I hate new Aussie. Like, I... I barely like old Ozzy. I cannot fucking stand the shit he's putting out right now. And it's like, there's lots of bands like this. And it's just those radio rock, radio metal bands. He's part of a total genre of fucking rock slash metal slash hard rock, whatever, that I fucking hate. So how about you want to, do you want to go through all the albums? My heart. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, Jimmy. Actually, what, 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 I was, what I was really saying with all that was, fuck you, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> pretty much. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but do we, so, Why yeah, do we want to... Do we want to go through all the albums and go through the evolution? Well, because there is there is an interesting little progression Right, there. so one thing I noticed, starting off with Diary of a Madman... And are we just going to talk about studio albums just real quick? Like, are we doing studio well, albums we gotta, or are we doing through the live stuff? we like, got to talk at saying, least like, a couple of the live ones. We got to talk about Speak of the Devil. Okay, yeah. But for, for the sure. most part, we're sticking to studio albums. Like, we're not doing, like, live at Budokan and all that shit, right? Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, so, Diary of a Madman and Blizzard of Oz and up to Bark at the Moon, right? They've got that classic rock mix, that classic rock sound. And uh, most of it is a little bit thinner guitars. It's just the bass sound. Old bass sounds a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm yeah, not talking... Non-existent? I'm not, no, I'm not talking bass. I'm talking fucking like bass guitar. Okay, old-time bass guitar sounds a certain way. It's absolutely there. You can hear it in Aussie stuff and a lot of the um, a lot of the hair metal stuff. You could absolutely hear the fucking bass. They just weren't doing much. That was the problem. A lot of this stuff, Bob Daisley's, I mean, he's, and Phil Susan both. Like, they're, they're great fucking bass players. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, no doubt. Like, they're definitely talented. But, yeah, as far as, like, in this kind of sense, like, especially, like, for, like, Ozzy, like, it was not pushed by any means. Like, they're just, like, you fucking follow that four-on-the-floor drums, and that's really what you do. Well, so you have stuff, like, so obviously fucking Crazy Train. Okay, so we'll say that. Okay. When you were saying the the four-on-the-floor kick drums, right? It is, it is absolutely that because Ozzy has a ton of fucking like really, I, I don't even know if you'd call it mid-tempo. It's almost slower than that. But it's like where Judas Priest has the fist pumper songs, Ozzy has like a slower version of that where it's just it's like, here, give me the pattern that the kick drums are doing and I'm just going to fucking go with that. But that was when I was, yeah, when I was learning how to play, when I was learning how to play bass, that was what was told to me was you got to follow the drums. Yeah. You know, and so you have other songs though, like you have the, uh, 
Diary of a Madman, that song tonight. Yeah. Like he's getting busy on that fucking song. Okay, like, yeah. You know, Believer is another one where he's doing something completely different. But again, you can always hear the bass. It's just a lot of the songs. It's that we're gonna run on the root note, kind of, a, you know, or stomp on the root note, and that's kind of just all we're gonna do. But there's some little gems in there, and whatnot. It's just the sound of it. It's the sound of it's the sound of strings. The strings back then, for one, for two, I swear, dude, it's the speakers. You know, they yeah. didn't have the fancy ass speakers, so a lot of the speakers back then were still like paper. You know, so you don't get those deeper frequencies and stuff like that. And like. They, they can beef them up in, in remastered versions all they want. They're still going to sound old. And then you hit fucking Ultimate Sin and everything fucking changes because that is where they got like glam and hair metal and new style production. Well, that was also their first album that hit CD because the first ones were just like LPs, 8-tracks, cassettes, like Ultimate were CDs Sin? out in 86? Yeah. Yeah, I think they were like brand spanking no new, like me. Wow. So, I mean, you have that now, that this new format that you can hear so much more, and I think that was definitely catered to in the Ultimate Sin because right, right. that was LP, cassette, and CD, and so it's like, oh, fuck. And then, you you know, you're, you're on a label, you know, they were with Epic, right? And so it's just like, you know, at that point, it's like, fuck, we've got to produce something big this is cds you know man this is right CDs. but also <laughs> at the time that's also where like hair metal is probably the hugest i mean it yeah. got going in 83 but by 86 man i mean we're talking fucking theater of fucking pain going into girls 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 we're we're talking like 86 i mean we're talking like turbo like Judas priest turbos out you know what i mean like stranger in a strange land or not strange uh, um, uh, Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden. You know, even they kind of went for that same kind of production where all these older bands were like, oh shit, like we got to really fucking pop off with like some really. It, it's like hair metal yeah, the production before. has to be there. Yeah, hair metal before this was almost like. It was more, it was just slightly different classic rock where like by 86, hair metal's like becoming its own sound. Yeah. It's starting, it's starting to influence, influence itself. Right. Um, I want to say, I want to shout out a couple fucking gems on Blizzard of Oz. So Blizzard of Oz, obviously, I, I want to get into the guitar players later, but actually, you know what? With this block, we can fucking hit, like we could just hit the guitar players with the block. Mm-hmm. Like Randy Rhodes coming from Quiet Riot and Quiet Riot wasn't big when Randy Rhodes like left Quiet yeah. Riot. Like they were not big until 1984, but him coming over and just obviously the iconic guitar, right? The fucking, yeah. the polka dot V, but he was also um, very wholesome looking where Ozzy was, you know, the Prince of Darkness, all the evil fucking guy. And he just had this wholesome looking guitar player. Right. But different than Tony Iommi, completely different than Tony Iommi is his neoclassical style of guitar playing versus Tony Iommi's bluesy style. This is almost the same as if Ozzy Osbourne had jammed with Richie Blackmore. Because Richie Blackmore was from that cla- was more that classical style, right? Yeah, yeah. And Ozzy grabbed this kid who was a classically trained guitar player. You know, who used to on when they tour with Ozzy, he would stop at universities and teach classes. His mom was a uh, was a teacher, I believe. I think it was his mom. 
it's i think this is the only album with an instrumental am i correct on that with d might very well be that's that's interesting i never thought it's not much of an instrumental it's actually more just like a guitar solo right but i mean obviously like huge dude like fucking crazy train like forget about it that song if you have to pick like probably the top five most known fucking songs which maybe we should fucking do sometime but known metal songs like Dude, crazy train oh, yeah, is like sure. yeah. I mean, when you first pick up a guitar, that's like one of the first songs like every guitarist learns, along with like you know Metallica, Led Zeppelin. Oh, dude, like crazy yeah. train is like that fucking. I remember track, how stoked intro. I was when I first learned how to play it. Yeah, it I was felt like I, I was like, oh my god! Like, I mean, it's almost like you're trying to fight back that feeling of like, I'm so good. You're like, <laughs> I fucking shred. Yeah, dude, I'm the <laughs> shit. Yeah, you're trying to fight that back. You know what I mean? But like. Dude, Suicide Solution, you know, is one of those, that, like I said, that that slower tempo, bump, 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 bump style of song. You know, obviously, Mr. Crowley. I don't actually like a lot of, like, the Nobo movie, Steal Away the Night, Revelation, and Goodbye to Romance. A lot of the reasons why I don't necessarily like those songs is because those straight up sound like classic rock songs to me. Like, not, like, metal songs. They, they sound more like Deep Purple, um, Led Zeppelin style. You know, like, we're, you know, we're, we're just going to jam some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but Revelation has some fucking crazy proggy shit at the end of it. Dude, it's sick. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, but that's a fucking long-ass song, too. What is that, six, seven minutes or some shit like that? Yeah. yeah. Six minutes, nine seconds. Damn, six minutes and nine seconds. I was nine seconds off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it hits that fucking down down like I mean the bass is doing shit there too. It's true. It's, like, it's, it's a sick album, dude. Like I think it's a sick album and Yes, it's yeah. a very good album. You know, and uh It's good. It's like Revelation now has a lot of Sabbath in it. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I feel like if anybody was to wise, say Oops, it's sorry, like Jim. Geezer Butler all fucking, you know, those kind of like do 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 like that that's yeah, yeah. Like and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just taking it for a walk, dude. Yeah. Just man. fucking on a nightly stroll. <laughs> oh. It's just a chocolate Sunday. It's a Sunday. <laughs> you know, and then like the opener, the opener, just that real fast opener of I don't know. And then mm. he does it again, the next fucking album, dude. They do it with Over the Mountain. Just that oh, that yeah, fast. Man. You know. <laughs> Oh, dude, that yeah, the drum fill at the start is like fuck. Yeah, dude, so fucking. It's such a good opener, you know. And the, but again, like flying high again is one of those songs where I'm like, I feel like flying high again. If you put that on Blizzard of Oz, it, it almost fits better because it is that it's it's like that classic rock style. Yeah, where I think on Diary of a Madman they kind of shed a little bit of the classic rock jam rock you know and they go into more composed more wow i did not know you can't kill rock and rolls longer than diary of a madman no shit that's weird to me but they they seem to have a little i don't want to say proggy shit because it's not prog it's just they kind of went a different more whimsical to me like there's almost like this like not i don't want to say whimsical but i don't know it's very they I don't know, man. Whimsical from... is a pretty good word. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. They went away from the jamming, you know, and it, it seems like they're all more composed. Like, yeah. there's more parts in a lot of these songs. 
from the title track to SATO to even like the ballad tonight to Little Dolls, you know, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll goes from that acoustic shit to the fucking Leave Me Alone. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, so fucking it's, cool. I there's that so, a lot of the songs just have a lot more going on in them. Yeah, I mean, and I guess when I say whimsical, like it really does kind of talk about like classical. There's a lot of classical like renaissance kind of fucking riffs in there. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where I, I get whimsical because all of a sudden I'm thinking fucking castles. And, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, fucking like, right, like, you know, that riff, and then there's the weird keyboard. Like it's, yeah, exactly. You know, they're throwing shit like that in there. You're like, what the fuck? So all of that stuff makes a lot of sense. But like uh, until you, uh, then all of a sudden it's just like fucking, it sounds like a Black Sabbath song. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. almost like a step back. I mean, luckily they put it at number two on the album, but it really sounds to me like it, it should be on Blizzard of Oz more. Like it doesn't make sense with this album. Agreed. I, yeah. I could I could definitely agree with that. Because Flying High again had that kind of pep that like Crazy Train had. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I could I could easily see that being on that up. Great song, you know, totally good song. I almost feel like Mr. Crowley would have been better on Diary of a Madman, and then Flying High again being on right. Oz. Yeah, dude, swap those two, and you yeah. got one of, I mean, Diary of a Madman's already my favorite album from Ozzy, but still, swap that swap that out, and it's like, yeah, you fucking got some shit. Yes. Like, I'm going to have to do that in a fucking playlist or something, dude, just to see, just to listen to it. <laughs> in an alternate world. The fucking yeah, dude, yeah. Fix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fuck hey, yeah, dude. real quick, I, I completely forgot. I saw there's a 40th anniversary of Blizzard of Oz. Did either of you yes. check that out? I did, that's, yeah. And, that's and, the only one you can listen to on yeah, Spotify. That, yeah, I know. Yeah, they were that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah look at the it sounds order. really good, dude. Yeah, what what it is it? Is that is that all it is? Is a remaster? Yeah. No, it's it's well, it's remastered, and then it's got a bunch of stuff from the Blizzard of Oz tour. Uh, yeah, just like live tracks, like you know, little bonus tracks and stuff. But I mean, it's yeah. not anything like it's well, not it has. Like it has one it has one bonus track called "You Looking at Me, Looking at You." Yeah, but that was on a bonus track from something like way before. Like they they'd released that song beforehand. Mm. Okay, so they just lumped it in with this one. Yeah, I mean they got like a Randy Rhodes outtake, which I mean that's what a lot of like tribute has a lot of that stuff on. Like, well, I don't know if the Spotify version does. It looks like it's only like five minutes of it, but man, I swear on my tape, dude, it was just like Randy Rose's studio outtakes forever on that. And it was all studio outtakes from uh, D, the, the the guitar solo that he does. Yeah, yeah, a little 50-second mm. track or whatever. Yeah, so it's four it's four, four minutes, 20 seconds of that. And it's it's cool because like you could hear him talking to the producer – Oh, that's like, hey, cool. like, you know, hey, let's let's try that part again. You know, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. fucking cool, man. To just sit and listen to him just sitting there, just noodling on on that guitar solo, like it's sick as fuck. Oh, you know what? You looking at me, looking at you, was released. So it was another reissue of of uh, of Blizzard of Oz, but it was a 2002 reissue. <laughs> Is that when they took all the original? I think those, stuff yeah, out? I think those are the ones where they took out Kurz Lake and Daisley and they put in Trujillo and Borden. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so they then released, you know, you looking at me, looking at you, 
on, on that 2002 reissue. Hmm. So it's a reissue of the reissue, a re-reissue. Correct, yeah. Right. 18 years later. Fucking hell, Yeah. Man. I mean, I would say, like, probably a good deep cut off of Diary of a Madman. I mean, a lot of people know the song. A lot of people know a lot of Ozzy songs. But, I mean, yeah. You Can't Kill Rock and Roll isn't one that's – it's not, like, on the level of, like, Believer or fucking the title track or Over the Mountain. I mean, I would say that. Or, dude, Tonight is actually a really cool, like, little fucking ballady thing. It's cool, With yeah. With a sweet little bass line going on. I mean, you want to talk about a fucking nice night for a walk, dude. Like, the fucking bass <laughs> on that shit is <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, Randy Rhodes fucking had the the plane accident, you know. And and so, after it's it's right after this where they they decide to do a, a live album, but it wasn't live, right? That's Did, my didn't understanding. Didn't we read it's, that sometime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, basically they just got into an arena, an empty arena. Right, and they added crowd noise, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's you know. all Black Sabbath tunes? No. Yeah, as far as I can it's see. Only yeah, no, Black Sabbath tunes? Absolutely Black Sabbath tunes, yeah. And it's like, you know, the choice cuts. It starts with Symptom of the Universe, then you got Snowblind. Right, Black right. Sabbath title track, Fairies Wear Boots, War Pigs, The Wizard, NIB, Sweet Leaf, Never Say Die. Who they included never say die. Huh. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, Iron Man, into Children of the Grave, and then Paranoid. Um, so it's all bangers. But that's that's all they had on like the first three fucking albums was all bangers. You know what I mean? So Dude, that album's yeah. not even on Spotify. No, there's some no. weird discrepancy with all that. Well, I don't remember yeah, what. so it's really weird because, oh man, I cannot. Re- I read something about that, but. But basically, like they after like after Randy Rhodes, I mean, there was this dude Bernie Torme. I think he used to play with Ian Gillen or like a solo Ian Gillen type of deal. When David Coverdale uh, was in purple or something. I think so. But like, I, I think it was like Brad Gillis only had like a few days to get ready to do the tour. The rest, they had to finish the tour. Yeah. There's some wacky story. Like, like if you, first of all, if you're saying the Aussie solo career starts in 80 with Blizzard of Oz, his tenure with Randy Rhodes you know, arguably the most famous guitarist he had, even up there with Zach Wilde, is it's a year long run, right? Maybe. Yeah. It's crazy to think of. That's pretty like short. That. Yeah. yeah. And then so and like you know, from that album to the other is again only a year. Like we talk about, you know, a typical album cycle these days is maybe two and a half years, maybe. And like, like just think about how they were just putting records out back in these days, even with Black Sabbath. You know, it was a year. From, oh yeah. Black Sabbath. No, no, it was less than a year. It was the same year, 1970 for Black Sabbath and Paranoid, and then the next year was Master of Reality, and like, like they just cranked this shit out, dude. And so that was the other thing with Speak of the Devil is like there was a bit of a hoopla with there's three Black Sabbath material live albums coming out the same time. You got Speak of the Devil with Ozzy. You also have Live at Last coming out with um, Dio, and that's like supposedly yeah. why he left black sabbath was because of a a disagreement over the mix with that yeah, and album. Then, then then live evil was that the one i was thinking of That's live the at black last sabbath is, one. yeah yeah that live 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 at, uh what's the there's the third black sabbath one that wasn't authorized by the band that was a lawsuit thing too uh and they they said not only did they not authorize it they also hated the mix like so you had these three different sabbath albums going on i have that fucking whatever it is live at last or whatever and it's 
not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so that's what it was is uh, this, this album, the reason they did the thing was because it was a contractual obligation to jet records. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that's probably, it's probably a right thing. Like, well, wait a minute, you know, like who, who has it, whatever. So that's probably, yeah. that's probably why it's not streaming anywhere. But this was, um, this was big for me because obviously, you know, the black Sabbath songs and whatnot, but also it really like it i've i've realized between this and the tribute album that bob daisley didn't like he never toured right yeah you know it was it, for for the you know his touring band for a while was rudy sarzo who also played in quiet riot around the metal health era like and i'm pretty sure he was there before and then tommy aldridge which i can't quite remember where tom at, at black oak arkansas is that a is band? that who it, is that yeah? Uh, let's have a look. Is that who Tommy? Ald- I can't remember who Tommy. Yeah, Black Aldridge Oak, Arkansas, with. Pat Travers Band, Ozzy. Yeah, he Harry played with Moore. a lot of bands. Yeah, White Snake, Ted Nugent, Thin Lizzy, blah blah blah. Mount. Yeah, growing up, growing up in the eighties, man, like you would see Tommy Aldridge in like all the fucking magazines and stuff. I mean, most of it was for Ozzy, but like, I mean, it was just he was just a well-known live, especially live musician, you know, like. Yeah. But yeah, Brad Gillis only had like like a week. I, I, it's like April 5th to April, April 12th. Like he didn't have very long to learn like all, like these songs. And then, I mean, I think they went on tour like right after this, like, at, like finish out the rest of the tour. Um, just in case anybody doesn't know, Brad Gillis is the guitar player for night Ranger, who is a massively underrated band. And the, him and Jeff Watson are two massively underrated guitar players that we will get to in an underrated guitar player episode when we get mm. to one. There you go. You know, but but that's you go from that and I, for some reason it just didn't work out with Gillis. I I I just tried to look it up, but I didn't see anything. I I mean he probably was just gonna be with Night Ranger or whatever. Yeah. So he ends up with Jakey e. Lee as the new guitar player. San Diego's own Jakey. Dude, e. anytime I see a white strat with a fucking black pick guard, it's Jakey e. Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean um, I mean it always will be. You know, Brad so Brad Gillis, um, the the thing with him was they basically, you know, they did the whole, um, you know, he went on tour with them for Dire of a Madman. And then, so basically what happened was, I guess Ozzy treated him like shit. And so he decided to leave on the, on his own accord mm, and uh, went back to Night Ranger. <laughs> it's all, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm going yeah, back dude. to Night Ranger. Yeah, dude. And he's just like, dude, fuck this. I'm out. Um, but he did become a part of uh, – he, I think he did play on Speak the Devil, right? Speak yes. of the Devil? Yeah. 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 So, and then you had this guy, George Lynch, that came actually right after him. Oh, no shit. George Lynch, George played, Lynch played with Ozzy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No so kidding. he's he's the guitar player for Dokken. Yeah. Yep. Like, George Lynch is one – okay, there was a Randy Rhodes quote I remember reading in a magazine one time where – so he would teach at all these schools, you know, whenever they'd go on tour or whatever. And he said it was it was funny because all the students would always ask him, you know, can you show us how to play Eruption? <laughs> but back then, when him and, you know, he was coming up on the fucking Sunset Strip and so was fucking Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen used to turn around backwards and not, you know, put his back to the crowd when he would do the eight-finger tapping and stuff. And, and it kind of bothered Randy that he would do that. And so Randy would tell these kids, like, yeah, I mean, I could show you Eruption. And everybody would be talking about the fucking tapping and stuff. And, and Randy Rhodes had a quote saying, 
what Eddie Van, he goes, no disrespect to Eddie Van Halen. It's just what he does. A lot of what he does is smoke and mirrors. He said, if you want to listen to an absolutely fantastic guitar player, listen to George Lynch. And this, I mean, this is before Dawkins. Like, I, I don't even, I think Dawkins started in like 81, maybe. So it might have been around the time that George Lynch was, I mean, I'm, he, he was, I'm sure he was playing before Dawkins was a band. Well, I, I guess band. I should, I guess I should iterate, like, so technically George Lynch, like, he was never like a real member. He just came before Jakey Lee. Like, he, I, he played some sound checks, I guess, but Ozzy fired him pretty fucking quick. And so I'm reading a, uh, an interview, actually, and Lynch was let go in front of Jakey e. Lee. Wow. Like, and in Lynch's own words, <laughs> Ozzy and Sharon fired him because they were looking for someone with longer hair. Okay. Okay. Hey, so. real quick, you guys didn't hear that, <laughs> did you? No. That what? Okay. My, my phone, my, because it's Mac stuff, my fo- somebody was trying to call me and it was popping up on my computer. Nope, didn't hear a thing. Are we going to get right, sued by a, by, a, by a ringtone company? By the, the DMCA for the fucking ringtone? Motherfuckers. You fucking blood suckers. Yeah. Sorry no, to so, you, brother. So, yeah, there's always been this controversy, right? So, I mean, Bark at the Moon comes out, and it's crazy because if you look at the fucking writing credits, it literally says all music, all lyrics, Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. And Jakey wow. Lee has contested it several like, – He's contest. He's still contested to this day. Like I, I, I've seen a tweet about it like recently. Didn't Ozzy you know? not even write his own lyrics? Didn't he have like ghostwriters? No, but he, no, but he wrote most of it. But I mean, he had a lot. Of, he did a lot of collaborations with a lot of people. So Desmond Child was one that worked with him, and many others. Yeah. And then obviously he did a lot of stuff with Lemmy. He did a lot of stuff with Lita Ford. He did a lot of mm-hmm. stuff with a lot of people. But also they, you know, they they didn't pay. Lee Kerslake and uh, Bob Daisley and Phil Susan, like they never paid any of those dudes royalties for like the earlier albums. And that's why they redid the albums with Robert Trujillo and uh, Mike Borden from uh, Trujillo at the time was in suicidal tendencies. Well, no, actually not. He was still, he was actually playing for Ozzy at the time, but so was Mike Borden, Mike Borden from faith, no more Mm -hmm. Robert Trujillo, obviously Metallica and suicidal tendencies. So that was you know, that's a big thing where, like, so on Blizzard, or sorry, Bark at the Moon, you know, Tommy Aldridge is actually recording the drums. And he, so he's not just the touring drummer. But Bob Daisley is still pretty much the the studio bass player, you know, and then Jakey e. Lee. But it's it's basically like the album's produced by Ozzy Osbourne. But now it says Ozzy Osbourne, Bob Daisley, and Max Norman. Right here also, it says, all writing was officially credited to Osborne. However, Jake Ely has claimed that he and Bob Daisley wrote material for the album, but were cheated out of writing credits by Ozzy's manager slash wife, Sharon Osborne. Ozzy later admitted that they were involved in the songwriting to some extent, quote unquote, but stated they were co-written with him. So there's always been this deal with Sharon where like Lee Kers, like had this story about how they were playing Madison Square Garden. They were going to play it back to back. And Ozzy went to Lee and said, like, I can't, do, I can't do it. Like, we, you need to go to Sharon and, like, say something. And so Kurz, like, went to Sharon and basically said, like, he couldn't fucking play both nights. And ever since then, she's just been, like, on, he's been on her shit list. And that's why he believes that's why she cut him out of a lot of shit. And then Jakey e. Lee has said stuff. It's one of those situations where it's like, man, if there's that many people fucking saying shit about you, or your wife, 
you know, yeah. is, is it real? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for is sure. Is she really? But I mean, she's obviously the best thing that ever happened to Ozzy. I mean, he, he was, you know, shit canned in his fucking apartment for fuck's sakes. Like mm-hmm. she basically drug him out of the fucking sewer, mm-hmm. you know, and got him going. And I mean, ever since she's been like this massive, like crazy, but her dad was, a, her dad was that. Yeah, Don Arden. Yep. Yeah, I mean, her her dad was the same. Like, she got a lot of that from her dad, and and she really fucking got him up. I mean, and it's the way I've always seen it. She's very much just like, we don't care who we shit on to get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. absolutely. You know? I mean, like, even firing um, Jakey Lee, she, I guess it was her. She took him out to dinner, and basically during that dinner. I guess I had a good time, all that shit. And then he heard through the grapevine that he was supposed to be fired. Mm. And so then he calls her and, you know, she was like, oh, I just didn't have the strength to fire you during dinner. So <laughs> you know, your services are no longer needed. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, that's fucking whack as fuck, dude. Yeah, and, so, and so then 2008, I guess Sharon actually gives Jake E. Lee a call and says, hey, we need you to be back on this. And he goes, hey, well, how about you give me some of those songwriting credits that I never got? She never called him back. <laughs> mm, right, right. She was Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, that. Phil Susan was the bass player on Ultimate Sin. Ah, uh, okay. And, you know, and, he, yeah. and he's, a, he's another one that was that was basically like kind of fucked over you know, him and Jake. So it well, was Jake got songwriting credits on Ultimate Sin, didn't he? Right on Ultimate Sin, he got him. Yeah, um, it was it's Bob Daisley and Jakey e. Lee, but Phil Susan um, also is one that said like you know he didn't get any writing credits on Ultimate Sin when he should have, and then obviously you know Kerslake and Daisley from the albums beforehand, which I think Ozzy won the lawsuit. I think he won the lawsuit, but then he just put those guys on anyway. I mean, eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah. It took him, it took him a while. Like, it, but yeah. eventually they made it good. Snub, you know? Like, hey, Jake, you, since this is your first album, you know, we don't even know if you're going to work out, but write some fucking killer riffs and we'll, you know, let you go on tour with us, but you're not getting any fucking credits. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened with Ultimate Sin. So, Jakey Lee, this is his second album. It's like, yeah, hey, all right, we'll give you some fucking credits. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Your first run around on bass for Ozzy. Well, uh, <laughs> listen here, you're not getting fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. I guess it's also real worth mentioning that Carmine Apice or Apici or whatever it is is in there somewhere in the in the Bark at the Moon cycle. He's in the video. That's for sure. He's making those goofy right. faces while he's doing the drums, and then apparently he got shit canned and replaced again with uh, Tommy Aldrich immediately. Yeah, Car- dude, Carmen's played. He's played with so many different bands, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's kind of like basically a drum whore, yeah. you know? And it's I mean, weird you know, to think... There's a lot of guys like that. Yeah, and it's weird to think it's like Ozzy might be the thing that he's done that's like the most famous, but it's not the thing he's most famous for because it was a really short dinner. Like, I don't know. Dude, this this... This actual quote was, uh, Tommy Aldridge, who was a fixture of his live band, early 80s. Aldridge departed after he, after the recording of the album, we're talking about Bark at the Moon, was mm-hmm. briefly replaced by Carmen Apice, but returned mid-tour after Apice was removed by the Osbournes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's if you're looking at the same quote I am, there's a little more to it. Dude, like, 
it's it's just cracked me up. It said by the Osbournes. Yeah, you know, I saw that. Sounds like, like by the what? TV show. It says when asked why Aldridge was brought or was brought back, Osborne told Hit Parader magazine in early '84 for health reasons. He was making me sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I just think by the Osbournes, not the TV show. I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got Aaron you. Aaron is making band decisions. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like it's 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 the classic. You know, our manager is getting involved. You yeah. know, with with band, with, with the music side. Like to me, the manager was always like, "You're the business side." Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, it's like I mean, they are kind of hand in hand. It's just she being who she is really just seemed like her nose was all the way up in it from the time it started till now. Yeah. Uh, 40 years strong, right? You know, like, Plus. like it or love it. Or I'm sorry. Like it or hate it. Love it or hate it. Yeah. That's just how it is, man. It is um, okay. So show. I would, I would shout out a couple fucking deep cuts from like fucking bark at the moon center of eternity has some crazy fucking keyboards parts this dude casey brockman used to fucking make me listen to this song all the time i fucking hated the song it's just got a melody line i I just really don't like but he loved the fucking song we just be fucking stoned sitting in bomaro's house and he would just listen to this song all the time tommy my buddy tommy king always really loved like rock and roll rebel that's a fun because song. the only really big song off this fucking album is "Bark at the Moon." I mean, there wasn't yeah. a whole lot of singles off of it. "Spiders" is a really weird song. Have you heard that? Uh, nah. I don't know. It's man. it's almost like funky. It says it's on the European edition. That might be why. Dude, yeah, it's, it's really weird. I think I guess I've only heard the U.S. version because, yeah, I'm looking at the European one and that that track eight is spiders when i knew it as waiting for darkness which mm. is track seven on the european version man that's a head fuck i back when they used to do stuff like that you ever look at the track listing for the original black sabbath the european version it's way yeah. different dude it's it's a trip i've never heard it either but like i just go i we didn't get this but they that in turn means they also didn't get some of the stuff we did so i'd be curious yeah. to listen to that one day but like you know all these differences so i guess i'll have to check out spiders now upon that recommendation yeah same here and it's funny because it's also it's got to be the same song listed on the japanese edition it's just called spiders in the night instead but it's the same (laughs) so just to differentiate a little just to clarify when we're talking about these particular (laughs) spiders you know like i think spiders are pretty nice well these ones are in the night oh creepy how does that alter things yeah (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, like uh, a couple, couple like fucking nice, uh, some deep cuts off of the ultimate sin, which is another favorite of, of, like, it's a really, really good album. I think it's one of his better albums, like top to bottom. Yeah, for sure. You know, but I mean, again, this one had like, maybe I think it was two, maybe three music videos. I know there's a video for shot in the dark yep. and a video for the ultimate sin. Yeah. And then I know secret loser was in the movie called the Wraith with Charlie. Okay. Shane. I was just going to ask you, what shit is it that's on the Wraith? And so it's this? Yeah, Secret Loser. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But, dude, like, Lightning Strikes is an awesome fucking, just, like, straight up, just 80s, you know, hair metal song. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking, it's it's sick, dude. And then uh, Fool Like You has these cool, like, 
like all harmonics on the guitar like it's fucking sick one thing i always loved about jakey lee was a quote that he had said and i actually went back and like listened to both these albums when i read an interview with him and he had said one reason why he never used a whammy bar was because it's too easy to get in and out of a solo by doing a whammy dive or a whammy a whammy pull he said when you don't have a whammy bar you actually have to write a beginning to your solo and you have to write an end to your solo and generally he does just that and i think he's massively underrated for the genre uh not a lot of people talk a whole lot about jakey lee but yeah i mean phenomenal guitar player though yeah like killer of giants is a cool like ballady type song I mean, it's yeah, not a, it's not love ballad, on the but, guitar, you know, but it's just like that typical Aussie slow ballad track. Like, yeah, the yeah. guitar where they're doing arpeggiating on some shit and you got a lot of chorus and maybe a little flander going on, you know. So I, I think he does a sick you know, job at that. And it doesn't sound super pretty. It still has some like dark notes in it, which is tight. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I mean, that whole album is awesome. And then, wait, he went into rehab before this, right? I'm sure he went to rehab a multitude of times. Well, no, but, but it, says, it, it was a, this was a big thing. He went into Betty Ford. Yeah, yeah. It says right here so, upon returning from Betty Ford in '85. Okay, so it, okay, so yeah, because that was when he, you know, he had the shorter hair and whatnot. That's and, what I remember the most is the short hair. Yeah, and then basically, like I remember stuff around uh, here in tribute. Basically, he was, you know, it was a big deal in the magazines. Ozzy's clean, you know, Ozzy's clean and sober, and they fired Jakey Lee. You know, and it's crazy because, like, it did not take very long. Oh, shout out to fucking Dana Strum from Slaughter, the bass player, the band Slaughter, not the Canadian fucking thrash band or death band or whatever it was, but the hair metal band that did Mm -hmm. Up All Night and Fly the Angels. That bass player was the guy that introduced Ozzy to Randy Rhodes. And then there's another fucking, like, the second, like, I'm not even kidding you, every magazine, second coming of Randy Rhodes. Here we go. Another blonde guitar player. Right, fucking yeah. Les Paul, kid's 19 years old, dude. 19. Wow. They asked him if he was nervous when he went into the fucking audition. He said, "Fuck no, man." He says, "Why be nervous? You either know what you're doing, if, or you don't. If you know what you're doing, you're good to go. If you don't know what you're doing, you got no business being there." Zach Wild, no rest for the wicked. Yep. This was a hugely anticipated album for a lot of people. And I remember loving this album so much. And when I listened to it back this week, the album as a whole fucking sucks it sure does this is definitely the one i think of the least in the 80s at least you know i was actually telling uh, dave i was just like you know actually that was a pretty sick song you know and so i put it on uh this week um after he'd asked me like hey you want to do the show and i was kind of listening to it and i was like okay miracle man's just like i remember yes miracle man's a good song yeah and then i get into you know devil's daughter and i'm like okay that's it's not the best track. Which but then what actually, really have you seen it on Spotify? It actually says in parentheses holy war afterwards. Yeah, that's which what it that, says what I'm looking at too. Right I don't now. remember that being a thing. It never used to it was never there on the regular album, but yeah, okay. So that that's that's definitely weird because I never da, noticed da, da, that. Da, She's but then you have crazy so stupid babies. Oh, a happy Crazy. So, oh dude that's the it's, one i think of the most on this album and that was yeah. a single yeah 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 and that okay, was now you get yes. you get a good one coming up oh yeah Bre- breaking all the breaking rules all awesome. the rules yeah it's, Which, it's that a, was good 
kind of a lame subject, man. Like, really, it's it's just like okay, he's but yeah, but songwriting wise, but dude, it was cool. The bass playing on it, like Daisley kills it on this album, dude. Like, I mean, but then you follow up that good song with Bloodbath in Paradise. Okay, this is the song that we used <laughs> to love when this album came out. We loved this song because, like, that 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 opening. You know, okay. like those little trills of shit. Like it's so sinister sounding, and it starts off with the fucking. It's like back then that was probably a cool riff to me. I listen to it now and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then and then black bath in paradise, and I'm like, this is so. Oh, dude, and some of the lyrics how they're talking about the fucking, you know. When, when Charlie and the family make house calls and stuff. It's just yeah. so cheesy. Ozzy Osbourne, I'll say this, man. He's got to be responsible for like 70% of all cheesy shit in heavy metal. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah. Like, so like so there's, the, there's, the backwards, there's the backwards the backwards talking at the front of the song. Do you know what that says if you flip it around? No. We actually had to literally flip a tape. Like actually take the tape out. Like take the tape apart and flip the actual fucking tape on it and then put it back together and listen to it. It says, your mother sells well in Harlem. <laughs> Interesting. It's been your racist. Mother but it's some, well in Harlem. Yes, yeah, basically saying your mom's a whore. Your mom's a whore. Yeah, but a whore <laughs> in a specific spot to specific people. Right, right, right. Yes. So it's a bit racist, but it's also something that Charles Manson said. It was a, in, supposedly it's an insult that he had used several times. No kidding. Oh. Dude, Tattooed Dancer is a, just the dumbest shit. Demon Alcohols, clearly he's still... Struggling with, you know, yeah, alcohol. Yeah, I mean, but but it's... Like, it, yeah, it's all this happy shit. And then but the secret, I will say, the secret Demon track, Alcohol, this, oh yeah. I love that this fucking... That, that, that signature, like, Zach Wilde squeals, though. Like... You oh, hear yeah. that right in the middle of oh, dude, it's all it's all through the album. And I, yeah. I'll say this too. This album right here, and um I'll also say no more tears for the next one. Some of easily Zach Wild. I mean, you want if you listen to Black Label Society now and you're like, man, he's just running scales, fucking it's just fucking dude. The reason he became guitar hero status is because of these two albums. These his solos on these albums, especially yeah. like the Miracle Man solo, fucking awesome, dude. It's so good. He was so hungry, you know, to to prove himself as I mean, fuck, dude. You're another you're you're the next Aussie guitar player at like, 19 years old. Yeah, like. dude, like you have a lot to prove and he did Hero was not listed on the actual fucking first pressing it was just it was the first time i'd ever heard a, a secret track but it wasn't a secret track in the sense of there was a bunch of space and then the track came on it really it came on right after demon alcohol and it just wasn't listed on the track like the the song list on it's the one album. of those interstitial track kind of things yeah but i this so this is my second favorite song on this album there's a song on this album in my top five, but this, this one, like it's, it's a really fucking cool song. And then there's a bonus track called the liar. I've never listened to. And then 
I mean, fuck, dude. What four years goes by? Is it four years? No, Is three it years. That much? It's three years. Three years, um, yeah, 91. Three years with to no, no more tears. tears, where now he's got Mike Inez. He still has Zach. And I think Randy Castillo is still drumming, right? Probably. Randy Castillo is another guy I always thought was pretty underrated. He's a really fucking solid drummer. And watching him live, like I've never seen Ozzy live, but I've seen lots of live footage back in the day because he put out a lot of live like, videos and stuff. And he was on a lot of like MTV shows and shit like that. And I mean, dude, Randy is just like a fucking... That guy's awesome on the fucking drums. Yeah, Randy yeah. Castillo on drums. It says also still Bob Baisley did do some stuff on here too. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I mean... But okay, so obviously, like, no more tears was so huge. I mean, this is Beavis and Butthead. Like, actually, no, I don't even know. Were they around then? Yeah, I think they were. Uh, no, actually, no. Uh, well, if, it, if if they were, it would have been like right, right, this was, right. There. This was the song that I think like one of my friends like figured out when we first figured out what Drop D was. Or no, no, no. We knew that from Black Sabbath, but we were trying to figure out how to play that. Like, that chunky shit is, fuck, it's so cool. It's a seven and a half minute long song, and the radio edit is just ridiculous. But this song also has so much shit that just doesn't need to be there. It's really, it's a weird song when you look back at it. There's a radio Um, edit for a good reason. Right, right. And then... How the fuck are you going to have a song called Time After Time, dude? I was just thinking about that one. Come on. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, you uh, might as well just written a song called Like a Virgin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the I fuck, never put that dude? together. That, that video is a, a trip, dude, with the little dudes. Like, Oh, dude. And, I mean, there's so many other lines in that song that he could have fucking made, you know, like he could have called the song something else, right? But, right. dude, I'm telling you right now, man, underrated jam on this album won't be coming home, which didn't used to say that. It used to just be called S-I-N, S dot I dot N dot. Mm-hmm. Won't be coming home. Dude, that song, it's just got just this good fucking like, like you want some really good fucking hair metal, but it has this, it has this huge squeal and then it's like, da, 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 like the, I can hear him. Like a super melodic fucking chorus, like super catchy. And that's the thing that I've seen getting to where we are now. Again, I'm I'm pretty sure this is calculated. Is him still trying to be as metal as possible, but also being as radio as possible. Oh, dude, the ballads. This is like oh yeah, big, big ballad record. How many babies were made from Mama I'm coming home? Yeah, man. Fucking A, dude. I love learning that riff, dude, dude. Come on. I bet shitloads of babies made to that song. Mm-hmm. And it's got, to me, that's, as much as I love the Miracle Man solo, this is my favorite Zach Wilde solo of all time. Is in Mama, I'm Coming Home. It's I so that. perfect for the, the song. Battle, battle, not being a fucking spaz. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. dude, yeah. So good. Yeah, that's baby making. Actually, another... Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Another good underrated jam on here is Desire, too. But, I mean, I don't know. So dude, I spot- dig fucking Zombie Stomp. It's such a stupid dude, song, but I like it. It's got a, like, dude, six-minute <laughs> song with a two-minute intro. Yeah, but I love that intro. I think it's- <laughs> it goes on way too long. There's not enough happening. No, but it's just like this, like, you know, like, if I have to speak of my days when I smoked marijuana, 
when it was illegal. <laughs> you know, like putting right, on but still, stop it's fucking tripping out to that two minute fucking intro, <laughs> and then this noise like cracking sounds. <laughs> and shit. Like, yeah, dude, I was just like, oh shit, <laughs> what's happening? It's <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. The for two minutes while you're high is like an hour. <laughs> time after time has a really good solo too, and then yeah, like Road to Nowhere. Like I mean, that's oh yeah, Road, Road to Nowhere. To nowhere. Sick. I like yeah, that's dude. almost like a, that's like a graduation song. This whole it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's like, like it's like the power party balance, after dude. graduation. This whole like fucking your fucking power balance. All you did was party. Yeah. <laughs> Road to nowhere. Road to nowhere leads to me. Yeah. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what he's saying. That, that's what yeah. I thought I mean, he was saying. Yeah, that's that's the hangover after your graduation party. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're just like, fuck my life. Like, yeah. That, they I just mean, won't leave me alone. There's like, there's like what I think is Hellraiser, Tinker Train, and I Don't Want to Change the World, I think are all co-written with Lemmy. There's like a few songs. That's on what I was trying to say. It said six were written, but four were used. One is I Don't yeah, Want yeah. to Change the World. The other is uh, Desire. Okay. I guess I didn't know that. And then Hellraiser. And Mama, I'm Coming Home, too. It doesn't say that, but I know Mama, I'm Coming Home was co-written by Lemmy, too. So I guess that's the four. See, I like Desire because it's got that... Um, that you know and it's got the it's got the drums and the bass running in the background it sounds really cool but again it's just that same what Dilo likes what do you call it? dad metal or dad rock or whatever that fist pumping type shit like that's yeah. desire driving metal bro yeah. i mean I'll, I'll say this dude hellraiser doesn't raise much hell dude it's nah. it's a pretty well, yeah, tame it's, song. it's funny it's this one was co-written for uh with lemmy and then he ended up using it for Motorhead when it came to time to do the Hellraiser 3 soundtrack. Oh, right. Yeah. And I always, well, first I heard the Motorhead version and I always preferred that. So when I finally did hear the Aussie version, I was like, huh. All right. It's just an interesting alternate take, which is, you know, I don't know about more poppy, but maybe more palatable something I right don't know. I, you know what i'm but saying I mean, okay so i mean as far as zach goes i mean obviously we know dude pinch harmonics which oh, yeah. randy randy did a lot of them too listen to tribute album he does a lot of them too but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's where zach got the inspiration to do that but, i mean zach is like fucking pinch harmonic bukkake dude like oh just can't stop name. yeah yeah it's it's crazy and at, at first you're like oh yeah it's really cool and then it just I mean, especially if you've ever seen them live. I have seen Black Label Society live, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, same. Me and Jimmy have seen them. I, I can never lot. hear guitar feedback ever again. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. No, Black I, Label Society's cool, like, for a couple shows, and then it's just like, oh, it's Ozfest again. Yeah, He's opening I, the main stage. <laughs> Black yeah. Label Society. And it's just like, Black Label Society is just, like, fucking... Like, I, I like, don't get, like, on the album... It's it's cool. I, I yeah, like listening yeah. to some of that. Like Blessed Hell Ride's a fucking sick album. Right, Blessed right. Ride. Um, that's the that's it's like up to Blessed Hell Ride. Maybe the one right after that, and then I'm kind of out. Yeah, whichever like, one has Funeral shadow. Bell. Um, that's um, Blessed that Hell Ride. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I dig I dig those albums. You know, like uh, what was the other one? Uh, Sonic Mafia. Sonic Brew. Oh, was Sonic Brew, yeah. yeah. That was tight. Nineteen Nineteen Eternal is really good too. That we, one's fucking uh, tight. Do we shout out Steve right here? Oh, Mister Mister Colbertson. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to that guy for getting me into uh, 
when I Boston first for getting me into uh, Black Label Society. Yeah, when I, I first met him. Steve, our, our buddy Steve, he was 16, and he was fucking obsessed with Black Label Society. I didn't know anybody <laughs> else that fuck that like loved it like he did. I was, I was obsessed like, with it for a while too. That's like all he listened to. Like yeah, literally see, I, all he listened. I would to. only listen to the Pride and Glory. Oh, Pride and, Pride yeah. and Glory was sick with that. So I would gun, only man. listen to Pride yeah. and Glory, and I think Zach. Was you Book of Shadows? I would listen to Pride and Glory, Book of Shadows, and Black Label Society like the first three albums only for like a little while. I mean, I I I went crazy. Like I, and a lot of it is just because like again, the Aussie stuff. Because I mean, for for right now, I mean, once we get into the next albums, man, I'm just gonna fucking I'm gonna go have a smoke. And let you guys fucking shoot the shit about the next album. <laughs> I really, I don't have much to say on them, and it's just gonna fuck with the flow so but, yeah yeah this is where I mean, you dip out like right but right? a lot of the reasons why i fucking attached myself to zach wilde and his his other things so much was because i was so like i just did i didn't want to hear zach with ozzy because i didn't want to hear ozzy anymore mm-hmm. right but I, you I was still like zach wilde but i still yeah. Player. It's fucking yeah. great. For a long time, he was he was my favorite guitar player for like for a little while. I mean, and rightfully so. Oh, dude, I mean, the guy honestly, is nuts. he was my favorite guitar player. I'm not even shitting you. He was my favorite guitar player until I saw him live. Yeah, uh, man, because it just becomes straight up masturbatory. Like yeah, the guy yeah. just like when I, when I saw him live, ridiculous. I was like, holy too shit, much. dude. Yeah, and and, I mean, and by that time, more albums had come out. And I'm like, man, you need to quit putting out an album every year, and you need to just sit back and write some fresh shit, dude. But that's for yeah. a Black Label Society episode. I'm gonna for let sure. you guys shoot the shit about Osmosis because I'm sure you guys have plenty to say because this is like your guys's year. <laughs> Real quick, before you go, I guess I guess more Delos years. Yeah, I before you take a smoke. So it's interesting thinking about now. What is that five, not counting live or cover or whatever albums? That's five studio albums in the eighties, right? Yes. And then from here on out, it's like what fucking two every decade. You I mean because no more tears. I mean if you if you dismiss live and loud, mm-hmm. no more tears and Osmosis are four fucking years apart. Yeah. yeah, and then from osmosis to down to earth. I mean, that's you got six years six. apart. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they definitely. But he was also he, wasn't he up. also doing like a lot of Black Sabbath stuff too? Uh, and, only and Os- towards the well, end. No, of the I 90s. guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's nothing towards nothing in the two thousands because they. So they what got was back what was happening Theo. between osmosis? I mean, I don't care, but yeah. <laughs> what was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the was people want to know? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Well, I was just looking at this again, man. Fucking Black Rain in 2007, Scream in 2010, and then nothing till this year. I, which God I mean, damn. once you once you get to like 2000, like 2005, which he did this whole cover album, which is just crazy. Oh, to me. Undercover. Ugh. Once yeah, you get to 2005, right. I mean, at that point, you got to just think like, okay, dude's old now. Like, you can do whatever, yeah. Yeah, he's at the point where it's like if he puts out an album in five years, it'd be a fucking another miracle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's he can't, or I mean, he, I mean, if he can keep doing it, it's not going to be the same anymore. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, at some point, your throat will just not let you, your vocal cords won't let you do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I just said throat right there. Because it's a, the, the secret (laughs) word for the episode is throat. Right, right. Another spoiler. Another spoiler for the end of the episode. Yeah, yep, yep. So osmosis. By you know, by the time I'm actually hearing all the Aussie material, this is just part of the repertoire, right? I mean, like it's only like what 
maybe a year before the Beavis and Butthead stuff. So I'm hearing all this. And right. I think this is my favorite album, probably. Why? Maybe, well, the songs for one, um, even though I'm not that big on Perry Mason, but like, I just want you and fucking see you on the other side. I just like the interaction of the, the geezer bass playing with the, you know, the Zach Wild guitar. Just that fucking heavy chug. Like, yeah, I, I dug it, man. Like, you know, I don't like songs like my Jackal doesn't hide yeah I but mean, you know i did you know unlike yourself i, I do like perry mason i mean uh, i don't yes. dislike it at all i just don't like it as much as the other stuff like see you on the other side and yeah I mean, yeah those are six songs I, I i like those man and i think you know even like you know like the intro to whole world's falling down that fucking nice little squeal intro like there was some fucking really cool moments in Osmosis, and 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 Jason's just shitting on him. <laughs> uh, he's 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 got his style. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but like no, so like this is the the most recent thing, at least studio album wise, that comes out when I'm getting into it, you know. And then he gets back together with Black Sabbath, so that takes up a lot of the attention at the time. And you know, it's a every other year thing. Once he gets into the the, the thick of it, I don't. You know, if you remember that, but it's like, okay, this summer it's Black Sabbath. Next, it's Ozzy. Then it's Black Sabbath again. Then yeah, like every Ozfest was like, yeah, you were shifting from uh, the headliner being Black Sabbath and then being Ozzy. Yeah, and that was cool. Um, um, there was definitely a different vibe when Sabbath was headlining than the the solo Ozzy stuff. Right, right. But so fast forward, I guess six years later. Six years? God damn, dude. Okay. Um, and then, so here's your proper introduction. 2001. Yeah, so I come in way later, way later. Um, <laughs> well, um, you know, just kind of filling in the gap here, because there was a time that uh, Ozzy did leave. Zach, sorry, Zach Wild left Ozzy. Right, right. Yeah, okay, yes. And Joe Holmes. For- yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. actually the one that was featured on the song that you knew. Yes, I didn't know um, that until recently. I was, yeah, I yeah, was exactly. always like, did he actually play on anything? And then I found that out. Yeah, Walk on Water wa- yeah. was, was Joe Holmes. It was not, it was not Zach Wilde. And so yeah. while he dipped, actually there was a fucking slew of guitar players. I mean, including Steve Vai. He actually played for Ozzy for a split second. I forgot about that. And he was actually, um, there was plans for Steve Vai to actually be the one that recorded on Osmosis. Mm, could you imagine that? I, I don't think I would have dug it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like know, Steve Vai, but that Steve is a different Vai. vibe. Amazing fucking guitar player. Like, virtuoso, yeah. you know, just fucking outstanding. But Aussie vibe, not so much. And then you had, yeah. what, Alex Skolnick? Oh, for real? Had, yeah, from yeah, Testament? yeah. So, from Testament, yeah. Oh, so wow. So he had actually auditioned and did like really well and ozzy liked him but i guess sharon wasn't pleased with his performance and laid him off but wow. yeah uh, alex Wilnick was actually in ozzy for a split second and then you had joe holmes which then he recorded walk on water right and then you had you know for the fucking the cover album that fucking undercover the only thing he recorded on this was uh jerry Ken, uh, cantrell oh for real yeah, 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 yeah. So nice for the whole album. Friendly. I don't think the whole album. I think he was just credited on that album. Um, Shit. 
I'm going to have to look into that because I was looking back on the speaking of the Allison chains connection. I was looking back on no more tears. The only thing Mike Inez is actually credited for is writing the, the intro baseline that no more tears is basically built on. Yeah. So Which that's is it's kind of a big deal, but yeah, Jerry Cantrell actually had a little bit of a hand in that too, you know, but yeah, be, even though being that. like a super grungy, you know, obviously grunge mm-hmm. uh, guitarist, like, it just, I guess they only made it on Undercover, which is still kind of, uh, it's just an odd fit for me. Uh, I, I could definitely see, see Alex Skolnick, though, being like, okay, I could fucking see that fitting, honestly. Yeah. Did you ever but, hear, um, and I didn't know this was the cover till years later, but on the Howard Stern soundtrack for the Private Parts movie, it's Ozzy with Typo Negative as the backing band. doing really? a Yeah. And I fucking love typo. And so like that combination is pretty sick. And it's, so I didn't know it's a cover of something called the matchstick man or something like that by a band. Oh, pictures of matchstick men. Yeah. By, yeah. By a band called status quo. Oh yeah. Which random, but, uh, so I, that's why I thought it was an original song for years is cause I never heard. I have always heard the name status quo on like European festivals and stuff, but they're not really a thing here. So like, so I've never heard their music except for that cover of that song. Um, but, you know, I, I the pairing of Typo and Ozzy was a swell. Well, okay, this, the status quo version, that is a very different version of this song. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> I, I can especially imagine because I've never heard the, you know. I just gave it a quick listen right now just uh, in, in, in one of my earphones, and I'm just like, what the fuck? This yeah. doesn't sound anything like that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. know pictures of Matchstick Man. Right. Uh, I just, I guess, I didn't know from the Howard Stern um, movie. I just knew it as its own standalone thing. You know, Days of Napster. Yeah, and yeah. Fucking downloading everything, the whole Aussie discography. Well, you uh, know what they, because they, they have that box set thing where it's like here. They did this a few times, but they, they, it's the here's everything in one spot, so you don't have to go looking for all that shit. Like Megadeth and um, shit. What is it? Hidden Treasure, which is actually my favorite Megadeth release for that reason. Or uh, you know, B, I, I like B sides collection shit because there's a lot of stuff on B sides that I actually really really like. Uh, but that's one of them. Oh man, did you ever get into? Um, I know we're jumping around a lot because there's a lot of stuff coming out at once. Did you ever get into Ozman Cometh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sick. I actually really like that too, especially because it's the you get the Black Sabbath rehearsal tapes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and you get like really a different like variation that. of War Pigs and stuff. And yeah, like, when they had it's the like different... way deeper too. Like I think they're playing in a different key. Yeah, yeah, they they were still messing. There's a whole different like verse and stuff, and it's it's pretty cool. Like I, I still dug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Well, so the the other trip was speaking of I don't walk on water. Is there's two versions and a lot of the stuff. It's like basically I don't I think everyone that isn't actually on the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack is the demo version, and it's slightly different. Um, but they're both cool, and I'm pretty sure they're both Joe Holmes. It's just funny. Speaking of Joe Holmes, so the first time I saw Ozzy solo, the first time I saw Ozzy period was with Black Sabbath in 99. 2000 was the first time I see him solo. And Zach Wilde's opening the show with Black Label Society, but he's not playing guitar with Ozzy. Joe Holmes is. and they have Really? This, uh, so that was yeah. actually your first introduction to Ozzy live. Yeah, it was with, with Joe Holmes. Holmes, with Robert Trujillo on bass and Mike Borden on drums, which I would see again several other times. But it was, it was Joe Holmes on guitar. 
And, and that was the only time I ever heard of him. I, I literally thought it was just like, Oh, this is his guy. And like, they had, they rolled out the red carpet for him, dude. He was all in the images. He was all in the programs. They had like a special fender booth set up by the side stage where it's he was like in hey. all the magazines too. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. They were, they were trying to make a big deal out of him. And it's just like, check out Joe Holmes's, you know, guitar signature fender Stratocaster. That's got a natural finish with maybe like a white pick guard. And it's like, Oh, check it out. Like they were really trying to make him a big thing. And then that was it for that summer. You know, is interesting to say the least. Which I mean, they loved Joe Holmes because the fact that he was um, he was actually trained or whatever or taught by Randy Rhodes. Oh, for real? Yeah, he actually received guitar lessons from Randy Rhodes uh, during his heyday. And Ozzy was just like, "Oh fuck, he, you know, I can see Randy Rhodes like fingers and ears, like so he like fucking dug Joe Holmes for that sake." Interesting. Very similar playing style. Huh. And we only have that one song to go off of. That's that's it. Song. <laughs> one recorded song. Butthead. That was my first exposure. What a, what a weird world, man. So yeah, then we get up to down to earth, and this is this is where you say in your proper introduction is. Yeah, yeah. So first song I'd ever heard from Ozzy was "Facing Hell" off of uh, Down to Earth, and you know I, I thought it was nice. You know I thought it was cool, and it was just you know at the time. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a very, you know, religious uh, household. And, you know, I kind of, I, I went back and forth, uh, honestly. And, I, I, you know, as far as in my own beliefs and whatnot. But it was, finally, I was introduced to something like this, like Facing Hell, where, you know, I was able to finally see something like this as an entertainment source right. and not see it as, oh, my God, it's the devil. Like, no, dude, like it's an act. I, I, it's, it's essentially, you know, theater, it's acting. This is, this is what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. actually like Ozzy's part of like the English church and all that kind of shit. And he actually yep. prays before he goes on stage and all this kind of stuff. But yep. so it's like, this is all just like an act. And so that really kind of opened up the realm of like metal and all that kind of stuff for me, because before it was like, if you listen to metal, you're the devil, you know, like you, you believe in the devil and all that. And this was like, kind of that opening of like, okay, I can actually dig this music without being a fucking Satan worshiper, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, you know, believe what you're going to believe. I, I'm whatever, but you know, for me, this was just kind of cool to be able to take it at face value and really just enjoy like the guitars. And, you know, this was the most aggressive thing that I had been allowed to listen to. Um, because it was my, one of my mom's neighbors who was like, yeah, you like that track here? I'll fucking show you a bunch of Aussie. Ah, nice. So, you know, unbeknownst to my mother, and then, you know, listening to songs like Junkie, and I'm like, what's a lotus flower? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Junkie Um, is sick. Yeah, dude, fucking. You try so hard to quit, but you'll never admit. Like, you know, I don't know. It's got some little hooks in there, and they're they're, they're tight. You know, and, and Facing Hell gets me through. Um you know, no easy way out. Like I was really about this album. I, I liked it. And I think a lot of it is, is going to be just, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just a nostalgia thing maybe. Possibly, but I think it holds up, man. Like, like, especially like, cause like, I think this oh. is the dividing line. This is like peak 
Ozzy in, I don't even know if peak's the right word. Cause he's just never gone away, but like, you know what I mean? Like when he was a household name, he's coming out, you know, Ozfest is still killing it. The Osbournes is the biggest fucking thing on TV at this point. And this is the soundtrack to go with it. Cause like, that's the first episode of the Osbournes, right? Is them on the um, tonight show, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's performing and Robert Trujillo cracks that joke about him dude looks like a lady when he's doing his eyeliner and Ozzy gets all pissed off. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're running promo for the, for the album. And so it's all, it's all one huge marketing campaign that kind of feeds it. You know, the, the album feeds the show, the show feeds the album, the tours feed all of that shit. And like, it was, Oh it was yeah. Just making huge. it a monster success, you know? And yeah, man. So I'm looking at song credits, dude, and I misspoke. Joe Holmes is credited for Junkie. Yeah, but he's it's just the writing, right? It's 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 yeah, yeah. Zach wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's not playing, but I mean, I guess he he wrote it, man. So yeah. he got us good on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that song. There's, but it's there's definitely Zach Wilde's playing, like Yeah, there's writing credits out the ass for this whole album. Like like it's all over the place. And I yeah, thought I, I heard been, Dave um, Grohl had some hand in it somewhere along the line. Guy from the Offspring did uh, the singer. I forget his name. Uh, Dexter, uh, Dexter, Dexter Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's credited, I think, on this album too. Like there, yeah. This is a hodgepodge of shit. Like yeah. And this this not too dissimilar to Jason and No More Tears. This is like it for me as far as like stuff I actually enjoyed and paid attention to. So yeah. You might be able to tell me more from here on out. So. Okay, so after Down to Earth, you know, obviously there's all I, the only option I had was to backtrack, right? Because he didn't release another album until 2007 uh, with Black Rain. Right. Yeah, you had Undercover. And then, uh, you know, I got super into Live at Budokan. I fucking love that for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it was all like, it was all like downtuned, you know, because Ozzy couldn't fucking sing that high anymore. Right. And yeah, I loved yeah. like the darker sounds of like, you know, I don't know and believer and stuff. And even Mr. Crowley, like it was just kind of cool um, to listen to all that. And so that was something I got into after the fact, but really the next album didn't come out until 2007. And that's when he released black rain. And I, that's the show I went to with Hornby shout out to Mike Hornby. There you go. You got two Mike. <laughs> We're going to let you shout know. out to Mike Hornby. Let's put it this way. I didn't go to that show to watch black rain. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. And and you nobody know, did, yeah. And not going away. This the, the the starting track, just this really slow, sludgy metal song, and it's just I'm not going away. And you're like, okay, I'm not really about that. And then the very next song, I don't want to stop, tries to pick up the tempo. Oh uh, yeah, okay. And and it's just it's it's. It's just pandering to that like rock one oh five three like yes. I listen to metal crap. Yeah, yeah. It's it's radio and, rock for sure. It's, yeah, it's that very it's specific production. Radio rock for sure. Yeah, man. Um, I feel you. This by no means was a good album. Right. Um I you know, the almighty dollar, um, you know, Lay Your World on Me, I kind of dug. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the typical Aussie ballad tracks. Um, you know, that, that one was okay. I will say that, you know, I, did, I dig that song. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I got to go back to Almighty Dollar. That song, lyrically, is just 
fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, there wasn't like a redeeming quality about it. Cause I think the stuff on the black rain stuff, like if you listen to like the, the guitar work and stuff, although like simplistic, like I don't want to stop had some cool guitar licks in it, but lyrically it was just, you know, bubble gum radio yeah. stuff. Yeah. But you know what else? And, it's that, it's that rhythm that's very conducive in that era of the mid two thousands post Nickelback. Cause it wasn't really, I'm not thinking Nickelback, but I'm thinking like the bands, they kind of helped usher in the, uh, the Thornleys and stuff like that. Um, and so that, that production too, man, just something about those thuddy ass drums. That's still like somewhat of a thing today. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. That like that loud, like empty pop, like on the snare with like, no like ribbon. Yeah. It's you just kind of there. Like, boom, boom, yeah. You know? And yeah, I mean, this whole album just kind of did this, this whole like sludgy metal thing. Um, and, you know, and then, like, you know, following that was, like, 13, you know, that Black Sabbath album that he, like, released after. And that yeah, was... we'll get to that, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mixed bag. I don't hate it, but it's not, like, the most life-changing, greatest thing in the world either, you know? No, I mean? man, that, that was it's a just kind of there. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't I, bad, necessarily. It was just a snooze fest. I do listen to that to go to sleep, honestly. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, see? <laughs> look at that it's shit, good, man. So yeah, we'll um, save that for another another time. But then you jump into Scream, and this mm-hmm. is where um, you know Gus G is 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 now playing guitar. You know, this is once again Ozzy picking some fucking young kid because mm-hmm. um, I think he was pretty fucking young getting into this. Um, you know, and he was a great guitar player, fantastic guitar player, most definitely. You know, but he. He was able to record on the album. Uh, he never was like a live player. I think he was just immediately uh, replaced by Zach Wilde again doing shows. I have no doubt. But he was, you know, he was the guitar player on Scream. And, oh, man, now that one straight up bummed me out. See, that's the thing, man, is I forgot Gus G played on this. So you're just like, oh, who's Ozzy's new guitar player? Gus G. No shit. What's he playing? Uh, he's 30 years old when this album came out yeah i um this this is even more egregious to me in the butt rock arena than than black rain dude like this was like that times two to me yeah i was yeah. i was already out by this point but damn dude. yeah you want some good gus g go listen to fucking firewind it's straight up power metal dude but god yeah. damn it he's a fucking awesome guitar player Oh, he's yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. And, you know, cheesy as they are, like Camelot, like there was some fucking sick, sick riffs in that. Oh, was he in Camelot too? Yeah, yeah. yeah or oh. he, uh, I think he had a brief stint, but yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. vaguely familiar with Camelot, but yeah. Super cheesy, but I mean, I liked it for what it was. Yeah. You were like the closest thing I had to a power metal friend. Yeah, and I was never even like fully. Yeah, exactly. Like into it yeah you um, dabbled that which is more than i knew for I most people dabbled yeah like like conversely nick i don't even know if i could say dabble he he gets into a lot of like folk metal stuff not power metal so much but like folk you know it's folk metal or power metals like renaissance fair going cousin yeah um, <laughs> you know what i mean but but like you were like the closest thing I had to a friend where I could go, what do you think of fuck? I don't know. Were you even into demons and wizards or blind guardian? 
Blind Guardian had some sick shit. I, I do, you know, there was some shit from Blind Guardian I got into. I can't remember, you know, exactly what, um, like, what songs and shit. Mm-hmm. There was definitely one. I'm trying to remember what off what album. I think it was, um, shit, it's probably, it was one of the, like, an earlier uh, Yeah. I, I think it was, uh probably at the edge of time and it was um ride into obsession yeah i okay so i don't know if this is gonna help at all but is it is like the one with it's a video i think in in black and white and where they're recording in a studio Uh, Uh, i'm thinking this is the album that has like that little dragon in front like a dragon is doing like this kind of phoenix pose it's front of in front of a like a pyramid and there's two like little dudes like standing at the helm or the gate um, but right into obsession was like a, just a fucking cool song. And I remember just liking that whole album, a voice in the dark wheel of time. Yeah. Um, I need to revisit that. But anyhow, uh, digressing here. Yeah. We, we now move into after scream. Cause it just, it was one of those albums. I just, I, I gave a few listens to and just revisited, uh, the other day because of, you know, knowing I was going to be on the show. And I just, I still can't. I still. That, so that's where I was leading with all that is just like you know you got that very virtuosic guitar styling, right? And then so what do you have in them play? Thud, thud, thud. Yep. Like I don't know, man. It's like yeah, but you know what fucking screwed me up here is ordinary man. We we now are in 2020. Okay. With ordinary man. So full disclosure, you, because of the conversation that you and I had leading up to this yesterday, I listened to it for the first time last night, knowing, because I already had this discussion with Jason the weekend before, that he was not going to listen to it. Yeah. Well, I listened um, to it. I oh, you did? Okay. All right. To it. all right. All right. All right. Uh, okay. But can we just say, like, It's a Raid is kind of sick? Uh, Dude, I, I that? hate that song. I like the really? last song. Dude, I, I like the last take what you okay. with Travis Scott. Yes. I love that, that song. That one's sick too. That one's tight. That I was actually, really cool. I don't like it's a raid, but it just it's I don't know. I'm not a it, punk guy. It's, it's a raid is okay, yeah, see, that like, caught me I, off I, guard. I definitely dig. And you know, one of my projects being a punk project. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely Well, there you go. <laughs> um, that, that, yeah, that, this whole song caught me off guard because of how much more of tempo it is. And it's like kind of goofy. A lot of this album's like kind of okay, but like like it's not like he's never had any cheese in his repertoire. Well, yeah, and scary little green men, like that's that's the other one I was gonna say. That those, and uh eat me. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about scary little green men. Like lyrically, it's not very good, but it's, it's got a good little fucking rhythm and hook to it. Yeah, it's fun. You yeah. know what? Um, it's weird. Like when in the middle of this album, I was like, "Man, this it's pretty lengthy." And then by the end of it, I was like, "Now it feels kind of short." It's yeah, weird. but take what you want from me. Like I was surprisingly into that, even though like I wasn't like a big Post Malone fan or anything like that. And take what you want from me. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like. This is pretty sick. <laughs> it's definitely Dude, musically, it's really good. It's an interesting yeah, bridging between it's two eras. I, it's yeah. like not for me, but it's like interesting to see how those two things mix and how well and how effective I, it is. You know, I do. I really like Post Malone. I just it's musically, it's a rage. Just is not my it's not my bag, baby. But I mean, I like Post for sure. But man, like some of this other stuff, I'm like Jesus. It just I've heard very little radio rock in the last probably f- shit. I, I have heard very little in the last 10 years. And I mean, I, I, I hear this stuff and I'm just like, 
Jesus fucking Christ. It's exactly what I thought. I mean, the stuff that I have heard, it's it's exactly this. I mean, you said it before with the pandering. Oh, dude. So here's you here's where I'm at. Any harder. Here's where I'm at with all that. It's the thing was in those last two albums, it was like, I'm the rock guy. I'm the rock producer. This has to sound like a rock record. You know what I mean? This yeah. is coming from an outside place where it's a yeah. pop fucking producer doing a version. Yeah, of Yeah, Andrew record. Watt. Yeah, that, oh, produced all of uh, Post Malone's album that Hollywood's dead. Or what was that one? Just Hollywood, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll say this, man. This out al- the album sounds really good. Yeah, it's a totally different. That's what I'm saying. It's not your generic ass rock record from the last yeah. 15 years. It's it's a pop interpretation of it so it like kind of gives a new life you know what i mean it's an yeah, outside perspective it sounds really good it's just i mean i just imagine like rap kids that are like listening to shit like g easy that was fucking rapping with guys like i mean like my dude e40 or you know too short being on like a wiz khalifa song and stuff and i always wondered if like fucking younger kids were just like man why this fuck is this old man rapping on this album like no one wants to hear the old guy right i mean and it just said it it's so weird to me when i was listening to this album because it's got this new fucking sound it's totally pandering by an old man and it's just like god damn it like i just can't deal with it dude see like to me i mean and i know you, you just fucking hate this but like to me ordinary man kind of more so touches on some of this like the vibe that i got from like osmosis and and down to earth like that, that's the more somber kinda, songs yeah yeah like uh, okay. like even like under the graveyard yeah, like, which I, was like the first single off that. Did you see the what? video for that? No, no, under the graveyard. Yeah, w- uh, watch it when you get a sec. It's it's fully acted out. It's it's a recreation of what, exactly what you guys talked about before, like the party heydays, you know, upon leaving Black Sabbath, and, oh. uh, and then Sharon kind of dragging him out of it. And the guy that plays Ozzy, I don't know who the actress that plays Sharon is, but she did a good job. The guy that plays Ozzy is Jack Kilmer, Val Kilmer's kid. Who oh, shit. plays uh shit whatever whatever the guy that kills himself kills himself being the key term in lords of dark or lords of chaos is that is that the black metal movie yeah okay so he plays whatever whoever the guy is that shot his shot himself in the head and that ended up being a mayhem cover that he plays that guy in the movie and now he plays Ozzy in this. So he's played two metal vocalists in two different things. So I guess props to him for that. Um, so yeah, anyhow, this this album, cool fucking... I, I think it was a, you know, coming from Black Rain and just a, a, honestly, a Black Rain and Scream, just both being super subpar, if not just, you know, on a scale of fucking one to ten being like ones and twos. Yeah. Um, this ordinary man was, was definitely like a fresh, like, ah, fuck. Okay. This is, this is kind of what I remember Ozzy being. And while it's not the first thing I would throw in the fucking, you know, in the playlist, it's Mm -hmm. definitely something where I'm like, okay, this makes me like a little hopeful. Um, you know, and and I think maybe I'm actually more accustomed to it because, uh, you know, my, my solo project, uh, just Bohart is just full-blown pop yeah and so hearing like a pop production on this kind of stuff it, it kind of melds my two worlds together of like my past and what i'm currently doing so I, I think i've got some like underlying reasons why i love this album for sure or why i appreciate this album but like it's a raid that totally had this punk sound take what you want uh under the graveyard uh 
like straight to hell, eat me, scary little green man. I mean, those were good fucking songs. You know what I I like the best was. Oh, go ahead. Was ordinary man the fucking title track with Elton John? I just I couldn't get behind it. It was fun. It was it was cool to hear their contrast. You know what my favorite one is is um, all my life. The second song. I think that was my favorite out of all of them. Which is that that you know that little like uh, twelve string chorusy Aussie track. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like Straight to Hell is fun for what it is, but it's way not reflective of the rest of the album because it's like, it's the, hey, we're the rockers. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, the, hey, yeah, we got to yeah, start yeah. this thing off. But then it gets somber the rest of it, practically. God, even the, the album cover is just, I mean, this is bark at the moon level, just fucking yeah, cheesy I mean, as totally, fuck, dude. Totally cheesy with the fucking hat and yeah. the cane. And you're just, you're just like, I'm old as fuck, but I've got back wings yeah, yeah this yeah. is one of those deals where it's like how it's advertised how it sounds yeah you know and it's two totally different things i mean oh my god dude you would you know, think this is i don't know it's yeah, no i feel you i feel you uh, you know it's funny too as slash plays guitar on two songs and it's clear which ones they are tom morello's credited on another two and i can't pinpoint him at all <laughs> like where tom morello is playing on this album yeah it's it's huh, tracks. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's tracks eight and ten, and I and I I went in reading the credits, going, okay, I'm listening for Tom Morell, and I just I didn't notice that. Maybe he was just like in the room, like giving the thumbs up or something like that. Like you're doing a great job there. I don't know. I just okay, thought so that was speaking of credits, though, did not know Chad Smith was fucking drumming on this. That's yeah, weird. Chad Smith on the drums. <laughs> yeah. Duff McKagan from Guns and Roses on bass. Uh, that was the thing too when uh, when Zach Wilde announced, "Hey, I'm not even on this album. I didn't even know. Nobody told me." And uh, yeah, so it's it's Duff McKagan on bass, Chad Smith on drums, and it's the guy Andrew Watt on guitar on all like yeah. the main guitars. And for all intents and purposes, I think he did a decent job. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he he definitely brought some, you know, not the craziest shit I've ever heard, but he definitely like held his own within these recordings and like what the song's called for. I mean, yeah. producer wise, he definitely brought the right sound to the tracks for what they are. Yeah. And now apparently it went so well and there's nothing else to do that they're working on another one right now already. To the, additional, mus- the additional musicians list on this fucking thing, like just the violin and viola alone. Yeah, is yeah, like yeah. insane. It, it is. It is wild. What, what What were you saying, Jimmy? I did, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, it. Uh, they're so Andrew Watt and and Ozzy are working on another album. Yeah, they announced they're already doing another one. They're like, what else are we gonna do? We can't fucking tour, and we like doing it enough that they and because I guess like a lot of it was him trying to pull Ozzy out of a funk was like right. And so thing. when he recorded that song, "Take What You Want from Me," because that was on Hollywood's Bleeding. Right. Originally, right. that was on Post Malone's album. Right. And then basically when he worked and he did that, it kind of like lit this fucking fire under his ass again to like do another album. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, Ordinary Man came from. And I think, I don't know, I just, I like that whole thing. I like the fact that Ozzy finally like wrote something decent for the first time in fucking a yeah. decade. Or yeah, I agree. It, it's probably not something I would revisit anytime soon. And it's just like, you know, it's not on my top priority list, but it's definitely better than Black Rain and Scream. So, like, easy. That's easy. Fucking not? miles. Yeah. I mean, like I said, these are ones and twos. I would probably put this at like a six. Like, yeah, I definitely, you know, I'm like, hey, this is cool. But is it the first thing to go on my playlist? Probably not. Yeah. 
still good at good good to get back in the right path i suppose I, I'd, yeah, I'd be exactly. curious to hear the next one which sounds yeah. like maybe early next year if if nothing else so we'll see we'll uh, see anything else we want to get to before we get into honorable mentions you know um no man i think we we i mean fuck we covered a lot oh <laughs> We do. And then just like every other episode, we'll all walk away kicking ourselves going, fuck, I forgot to mention this too. But <laughs> well, you know what? We didn't mention the, the show. fucking biting the head off a bat. That's true. Or, or a dove even. They, well, the uh, dove was that. the original thing and then it turned yeah. into bats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I guess the bat was alive, the one that person threw on stage. Yeah, the story goes. Bit him, got him yeah. rabies. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, like like his interpretation was he thought it was a rubber bat that somebody threw on stage, but it was like just unconscious. That's why he thought it was like not real, is because it wasn't moving. So he thought it was a rubber bat, but it was actually just unconscious from hitting him or whatever. Yeah, well, he you know in his shows he was doing the whole biting the head off rubber bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so this was another one of his rubber bats and he picked it up. And I mean, I don't know, dude, like there's part of me that's like, dude, if this is part of your show and you picked up a shitload of rubber bats, you're not going to tell the difference between a fucking real bat and that one. Like, yeah. How but were you, if you're wet, yeah. If you're wasting probably, enough. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, he just went fucking went for it. Yeah. Oh, tomato, tomato, alive rubber. Uh, I mean, straight yeah. up, how fucked up do you have to be to bite the head off a dove? That's also true. Yeah. 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 Wow, like that's man. pretty gnarly, dude. That yeah. was a that was a very tactical thing, though. He was basically like he had to really show those guys. He was supposed to release a bunch of doves, and it didn't work. And so he just said, "Fuck it," and he fucking bit the head. Off. I mean, he was basically like auditioning for a fucking job at that point. And he, well, he yeah, was doing, he was doing anything he could fucking do on the fly to do the look at me, you know? And exactly. It was that's like definitely oh, something like, to do was, that. Yeah, it was a really kind of a calculated spectacle thing of like, oh shit, this is my kind of like my last ditch effort as far yeah. as like I need to get my fucking life on track. I'm just gonna say I only ha- I'm only having one honorable mention because like we could sit here all night and fucking talk about honorable mention. Yeah, same here. But mine is close my eyes forever. The duet with Lita Ford. Ah. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 It's it's a really I think it's I think at the time. I think for a long time it was, it, um, I don't know if it still is, but it was his highest charting song. Yeah. Uh, or the highest charting song he was involved in or something like that. But yeah. like, it's, it's a, I mean, you talk about 12 string guitars. Like, it's a really good song, dude. The solo in it's fucking really cool. And, you know, Lita Ford for a long time, I mean, especially in the 80s, she was, you know, the queen of metal. The fact that they did a song together was just like worlds colliding. I mean, it was just like, holy shit. Like, she just did a song he just did a song with and it was just like it just made so much sense and i never understood why they never did another song together yeah that's a good question i mean other than the fact that lita didn't really continue her career much longer i mean at least with like writing albums and whatnot you know i mean she has a lot of live stuff but i i mean she doesn't have a shitload of albums right to me, it seems like she's one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe she, you know, she's she had a couple albums in the 90s or whatever. And then there's like quite like a bunch of live albums, uh, uh, you know, and then obviously greatest hits and stuff. I mean, she seems like the kind of person that had enough big songs to where she could, you know, do a casino circuit or something. Yeah. You know, state fairs and whatnot. But I mean, I don't, I don't think she was ever, you know, to the point where it was like, 
you know, she didn't keep going. Ozzy obviously did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I always thought back then they should have done at least like two or, you know, a couple more songs together. I'll bet she's thinking the same thing too. Hope she's fine wherever <laughs> she is. Yeah. She's like, damn. Uh, Jimmy, your uh, honorable mention. Zip. So I would say my, uh, it's just one, like he was no, saying, okay. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I, I really liked the whole album kind of deal, but there was, um, so it wasn't actually an Aussie album, much like what we were talking about earlier. You know, the, the, it was a cover from that Howard Stern, Pictures of Matchstick Men. Mm-hmm. This was on Slash's like, self-title. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know and what you're that talking Crucify about. That Crucify the Dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a slow song, but I mean, it's got a fucking sick solo at the end. I mean, I think it's just a sick song, dude. And I think, you know, if you haven't checked that out, I think Slash and Ozzy at that at that point in time, you know, which was ten years ago, it it definitely coming off of Scream, which was just fucking dog shit. Yeah, the, hearing this and the fact that they were like the same year, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> so that that Slash album you're talking about is that the one where it's his solo album and he's also got like the dude from Avenged Sevenfold and other singers on each song? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's okay, like, yeah. Oh my God! But it, I don't know if you've listened to that in, in its entirety. It's it's not very good. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I, I it varies in quality from what I remember. Well, because what, one of them, what uh, what Miles Kennedy, the guy who's also an alter, yeah, yeah, Starlight, becoming, he did yeah. two songs with Miles Kennedy. Yeah, well, he became the singer for Slash. Period. After that, like, for a time, Iggy I don't Pop, know. M Shadows, Kid Rock, but dude, Lenny, fucking Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. Jesus, oh, boy. fuck that song sucks. <laughs> I've never heard the song. I love Adam Levine, oh. but I've never heard that song. Chris yeah. Cornell, dude, Fergie, Ian Asbury, like, yeah, Ooh, Ian Asbury. Shit, I'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah, just see how bad it is. So my only alter or alternate, my only honorable mention it is it is an alternate. Yeah, well, that's true. Ish. That is, yeah, it's the pitch hitter. The uh, so no more tears, man. Gotta love that baseline, dude. Like everything about oh, yeah. it. Can I safely declare this? Because there's too many contenders for the '80s, but this, the definitive Ozzy song of the '90s. Like, it's gotta be right. Oh, yeah. oh no more tears. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a fucking sex track, dude. Yeah, man. Like, like it's all time classic. Oddly enough. I don't know that I've ever seen it played live. I probably have, but like, I just don't remember it. Yeah, I got to see No More Tears live. That was tight. Uh, that Black yeah. Rain show that he did, they did No More Tears, and that was sick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far, as far as favorite album, do you, would you say that your favorite album is No More Tears or as a whole? <sighs> I might go Osmosis. That lineup with Geezer back in the fold, complimenting. Zach Wilde on the guitar. What I don't know who. Fuck. That's when I grew up, dude. It's that's that, that that's, that's what was out when I was a kid, man. Like that was my shit. Man, it's not like the other ones didn't go away. Yeah, I mean, but like go away. Those, you know, that's just the ones I connected with the most at the oh, time because I was so eleven brutal. or whatever. See, Die Ever Madman is where you know because I went from Down to Earth thinking that was a good out, like a great album. Mm-hmm. And then once I heard Dire of a Madman, though, I was just like, fucking A, this album's tight. Especially the title track. Like, I love that fucking title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking I, good. 
I think, you know, those you can't fuck with the first two albums. I think those are the best. I'm just saying as far as a personal favorite, Your favorite personal yeah. connection, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, having said that, I mean, you, you freaked out, Jason. I don't think he's coming back, but oh, he, this is nothing new. He'll he'll be back. Uh, once uh, again, Devo's wrong. So apparently, I'm wrong. Just the way it goes. Pretty tell. What is your your favorite then? <laughs> you what? What's your favorite? Oh, my favorite easily is Diary of a Madman. Well, there you go. All right, yeah, you and I are on the same page with that one. It's it is just fucking. Not only is it my favorite, but I also think it's his best album. Yeah. And I think best, well, you know, I'm actually curious to know what his most profitable album was. Well, let's have a look. Uh, yeah, that what is that? So, that shit gets so skewed sometimes, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, just it's just because the music industry got so weird. Well, and then not to, you know, because I'm, what I'm going to be looking at is primarily based on SoundScan, but SoundScan didn't kick until, well, wait, no. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know when they start counting these things, but you know, SoundScan doesn't kick until year X. But I don't also know when the RIAA starts counting for like platinum right. and gold and all that. But let's have a look. Yeah, let's take. I'm I'm very curious to see which one. Based on the most basic bitch Wikipedia answers that are just there, laying at the feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> What the fuck? I thought you were like going to quote a basic bitch, but then like I was really disappointed once you said Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, I'm just quoting myself. Like, is is there like someone who calls themselves this? (laughs) Basic bitch is my new superhero name. All right. Okay. So this is actually somewhat of a surprise to me, but maybe not. Blizzard of Oz comes in with the RIAA certified, or what is that? Five times platinum. Diary of a Madman's Three. <laughs> okay, so his top albums were his first two, then. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Um, it, yeah, I mean, when you think about the like the track listing, Blizzard of Oz That's makes the all oldest. the sense. Yeah, uh, but actually, uh, No More Tears actually sold more than No Rest for the Wicked, Ultimate Sin, and Bark at the Moon, and Diary of a Madman, and everything else since. So, Diary or uh, No More Tears is actually his second biggest. Wow, so it's Blizzard of Oz, then uh, No More Tears. Yeah, and then Diary of Madman and Bark at the Moon are tied. And I say that like just based on the certification. Just sales. Yeah, who yeah. knows how many more they actually sold than more one of a you know they have those yeah, numbers that are not here. They were certified, you know, like once they were certified, like at what threshold were they at? Because I mean, they could have garnered so many more plays and stuff after the fact. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure there's some dude behind a desk with one of those little cartoon green visors clicking the little counting machine whose job it is to know what the exact numbers are. But you know, there's a ballpark for all these things. Yeah, when when they were recorded and you know during a certain time frame, mm-hmm. they they hit a certain threshold, and it's like okay, well. Looks like Blizzard of Oz and No More Tears were like the fucking his biggest successes. Yeah, by far. Uh, so let's get into it. The namesake for the fiftieth time. The list. The list. The list. The list. Jimmy, guest of honor, yeah. start us off. What is your number five, please? Fifth favorite song would be Flying High Again. And that's respectable. I can dig that. There's something about the way that thing's structured that I really enjoy. 
There's like, something about being a stoner and listening to that song when you're a teenager. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Did you hear that, man? He said hi in the song, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Well, like, you know what I mean? Like, with the little intro riff, if you want to even call it that, like, just that whole thing with the verse and then the way it feeds into the chorus. <laughs> It's, it's so cheesy though. Song. Just the mama's gonna worry. Yeah. I've been, I've a, been bad, a bad, bad boy. Bad boy. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, but again, that's to me, that's what makes it like that, that classic see. rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's just like growing up, like there's some of these songs that you hear more than others because they're on rock radio all the goddamn time. And this is one of them. And that's like the perfect thing for it. Right. I like that line. People think I'm crazy, but I'm in demand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So it's another thing, <laughs> you know, playing up the whole Prince of darkness, the, the mascot for Ozfest is just this ridiculous ass cartoon devil, like stage diving and whatnot. Like, like for all that imagery and and hype and whatnot, all of his songs are either about like I'm cool, hey we're rocking, which everybody well, knows got, I'm a fan he's of. He's got a ton of, of songs about like being rebellious. Yeah, exactly, and and just like hey, I'm not as bad as everybody says I am, and then just like I yeah, miss yeah. my wife, I want to go home. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like 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 all the shit. Like like that, that was the thing that always was funny to me was like oh, going to Ozfest because it's like oh That's we got rough. the fire and brimstone and devils <laughs> everywhere. What's this next song, Mama? I'm coming home. You know what I mean? Like if if Ozzy oh, was headlining that year and not Black Sabbath, <laughs> it was a very different vibe, and it's a fun vibe. It's just. You know, it's funny to think the contrast between the imagery and the content, you know what I mean? But it works uh, all the way to the bank, right? right. Um, and anything else you want to add to that song, Jimmy? Um, no, I mean, I think... Yeah, no, no, no. I think we've got our five. You got man. like a porno going on in the background? Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> I mean, high five, but. I've been around him when he's doing much worse. Don't you worry. <laughs> man, uh, I don't want to know what that is, to be honest with you. Eh, it's nothing too crazy. <laughs> Speaking of nothing too crazy, uh, would you like to do your five, Jason? Yeah, dude, SATO. Okay, it yeah. Very- Dude, it's very hard. I I wanted to put Believer so bad because I mean, Believer honestly. I mean, if if we would have done full honorable mentions, like Believer would be number six. Sato, dude, just the fucking town to catch a town Like it's such a cool fucking riff for especially in 1981. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't anything like this. But, I mean, it's really got that neoclassical... It's got a little bit of, like, Iron Maiden vibe. It's galloping. More so than a lot of his stuff, you know? I mean... Yeah. And, I mean, I think what Killers was this year, so it's it's the same kind of deal, like... And I know it's got some uh, weird shit in it. There's there's a part in the... I guess it's probably the bridge where the bass is like, I don't even know what it sounds like. It almost sounds like a horn of some kind. Is a boom 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 It's just such such a weird old bass sound, but I just I I just love it. I I remember learning to play this one on guitar, and I was just like, you know, crank up the distortion a little bit more, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, dude! Like, I mean, I've never been able to play the solos or anything, but 
God, dude. Like, just the fucking riffage, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, shit's tight. Again, it was really hard to not put Believer here, but I mean, I, I, I bet I listened to both of them trying to break the tie. <laughs> I listened to both of them probably like fucking 10 times a piece today. And I was just like, you know what? As much as I love Sinister Believer, gotta go with STTO. What's Delo's number five? My number five. What do I always say? You never forget your never first. Never forget your first. That is right. So I'm going with I Don't Walk on Water off the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack because yep. that's just when I was up and about. It's just and it's funny because it's in the movie. It's when they're going out to uh Vegas or whatever. They're 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 going somewhere deserty. Oh, they're in they're in Bruce Willis's trunk. I think yeah. on the way to Vegas. Or like something. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in years, but it like kind of works with the the traveling thing they're doing in the movie. Uh, and it's got this kind of mystic feel to it because it's, I don't know if there's some metaphor or not, but it's about meeting magicians or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> there's some Aussie songs you just don't go to the lyrics for, but it's, it's just don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. And apparently the only one that Joe Holmes did, uh, actually play on so why not it's just a fun song I, it's it's nostalgic for me because it was from the around the time that i was getting acquainted with things and it was my first exposure to ozzy which led to everything else so that's my number five uh yeah jimmy your number four please uh i'm going on the same uh boat you are man uh, you know you always remember your first uh facing hell Right. I just dig it for the nostalgic reasons, and it was really my first introduction into like metal. So yeah, so I got. I mean, song wise, it's not the best song in the world, or anything like that. It just, uh, you know, I feel like it, it has to make my list because of that fact. Like that's it did yeah, no bring doubt. me into that realm for sure. But you know, I, I still like flying high again. Is still like, you know. It, to me, like that's really kind of the, more of my actual list. But mm-hmm. like facing, you know, facing hell is like okay. Like without this song, I just fucking wouldn't even listen to Ozzy. I wouldn't even know who that is. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. No, that, that's a cool special connection, dude. I mean, yeah. How many fucking instances do you get to say that? You know what I mean? Just the one, right? So that that's awesome. Dude, um, that, what is going on on that album cover, man? Uh, when you actually start looking at it, yeah, it gets very. What is? It? Which uh, you mean the down to earth album cover? Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah don't fuck yeah. with it. Yeah, if you want to that's talk about the Andrew, weirdest thing? That's mm-hmm. up there with ordinary man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this this is a weird smudgy thing where it's just like, so it's supposed to be this weird out of focus dude, but it's got the tattoos, so it must. You know, it's supposed to be Ozzy. I don't know. It's yeah, but then they do like it's like you know, fucking somebody took their first digital art class and so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can make something really fucking cool oh. for your album. Yep, yeah, but <laughs> but they're wrong. Yeah, we'll chalk it up to <laughs> we'll chalk it up to two thousand one. Yeah, dude, it was you pretty bad. I mean? yeah. Oh man. That's Speaking of two thousand one, Jason, what's your number four? Wow. What's the connection there? Anyway, I don't know. I think they're both numbers. My, <laughs> okay. Speaking of 2001, what's four? Yep. 
<laughs> Dude, mine's lightning strikes from the ultimate sin. There we go. The fucking that man. I won't stop rocking all night. Well, rocking all night until the lightning strikes again. Like it's so 80s, dude. It's reminds me of being a fucking kid, man. Like I don't know, dude. 80s off that album. I mean, shot in the dark is the fucking oh just if I had, pinnacle of 80s. I, I almost think if I hadn't heard that song so much, it might be up. Actually, no, because it was never really my favorite on the album. As much as I loved it, and as much as I literally like was glued to the fucking tv when it when the video was on because it was it was it was but did that first fucking squeal is like right when you think of when you see like that fucking chick with the big hair and she's wearing some like shitty fucking clothes and like yeah, yeah. she's got that leather jacket and her fucking doc martens on she's sitting there on the side of the wall just uh, and you're like yeah. that's who you see she's chewing oh, yeah, down dude, like, like fucking <laughs> mad woman <laughs> yeah that fucking you know that fucking album cover dude like i mean all of it. It's it's just like fucking the whole thing. Just to me is just like. I, I mean, again, this is kind of the album that started it for me. So I guess we're all going with first. But, yep. but, but yeah, I mean, I, and I would probably. This is probably my second. This is my second favorite album of his for sure. It's really solid top to bottom, and I mean, <laughs> having lightning strikes like right there at like number six is just oh fuck dude i've just always loved the fucking song refresh um, my memory did you say that was also in the wraith i thought there was more than one aussie song it, it might i don't know it might be like i i just thought it was just secret loser uh, it might be because if anything else it just sounds like it belongs in the wraith and like the lyrical right. content well, kind of makes kinda, sense you know what i mean yeah, it kind of sounds. It's got the same vibe as um, Secret Loser as well. Like, like as far as like the style. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. That real. I mean, I want to. I, I don't want to say chunky because it's not super chunky, but it's that same. Yeah, you know that that type of riff. Like, it's the same. It's the same thing. So yeah, I just looked at it. It's not in the wraith. Ah, uh, it should have been. So it's just just secret loser. But yeah. I'm you know, I'm gonna give it to you and I'm gonna say like, okay, so if you're making a Wraith soundtrack playlist dude, on Spotify, been, yeah, put in lightning strikes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, did I tell you when I was in Tucson last year I tried to find the little burger hut they all hang out at it in the uh, in the Wraith? Well, I mean I didn't try to find it. I did. It's not there anymore. It's just fucking leveled ground so that was a bummer i was looking forward to seeing that i guess i saw where it used to stand that's kind of cool i guess r.i.p the burger stand from the wraith gone but never forgotten on that note i guess it's me huh well you guys still there by chance Oh yeah, we're still here. Okay, buddy. it just got like really quiet. Like shit, I weird. just realized I was on mute. <laughs> okay, all right. I was still there telling. I was. I I literally asked you what your number four was. Okay, okay. But I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, uh, somebody gonna count me in? All right. Oh, dude, there was some anticipation, man. I was sitting there, fuck. <laughs> Jimmy's the on the edge of his seat, <laughs> mouth a gasp. <laughs> Right. Yeah, what is his number four, man? <laughs> Funny you ask, Jimmy. My number four. Going back to the 80s, we're talking about one of the first songs I sort of kind of learned to play guitar, but not very good at all. God damn it. Goodbye to Romance.
Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So disappointing. I am full of disappointment. <laughs> God damn it. Man. <laughs> Something about, you know. Dude, the like, solo is awesome. Yeah. I, I'll give it that. The solo is awesome. Yeah. And the guitar, honestly, the riff is fucking sick. Yeah, I, it, I, 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 I enjoyed that riff. This is one of my most tone. hated fucking songs, period. <laughs> like, I think the I think the guitar sounds like total fucking garbage. Like I I think it sounds like just dude. Like this sounds like it couldn't even be on a Nazareth album for fuck's sakes. Like and just that like with the bass and stuff. Like I hate it. I'm gonna let you fucking go on, dude. Like didn't mean to comment in your moment. I'm gonna let like, you finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you finish. But I just gotta say goodbye yeah. to romance. Is one of the worst yeah. fucking songs ever written. Beyonce had one of the duo. best videos of all time. I, is, I, uh, it, there, is there a video for it? Or are you fucking? Did, I, that, that's what. Uh, what's his right, face? right. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant like that. I was like, wait, what? Like shit. No. There might be, dude. How many times do you go on YouTube and be like, shit? I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, video there's always some song. weird shit like that. Probably not though. But like, <laughs> it's a fun little, cute little ballad. I like the shitty. It's like the most '80s song in terms of like the tinny, poor production value. Like at the, the towards the beginning of the decade, you know what I mean? And I like it for that reason. I uh, the the synths towards the end like ridiculous. It has to be the same keyboard that they used in uh, Mr. Crawley, right? Or they just do everything on the one synth, dude. It's just probably. I don't. I don't think there's a whole. Sh- I don't think there's a whole shitload of fucking synths or synth sounds back then. So yeah, exactly right. Probably the same thing. Yeah, it's revolutionary for the time though. Fucking. <laughs> Now it makes me think of uh, Spinal Tap when um, you know where I'm going with this. When uh, what's his name? What is it? He's Nigel oh, Tufnell, right? Yeah. He leaves, and so they're talking to Viv Savage, the keyboard player, just like, "Hey, man, we could use some help filling in all the parts that he's not going to be there for. Can you do that?" He's all, he's all, "Yeah, I've got two hands." <laughs> Ah, I love that fucking movie. We're going to do a top 10 Spinal Tap songs. Or top Hell five, yeah. rather. That's going to be sick. Jimmy, number three. Number three. Going to give it to Miracle Man. I like that song a lot. Fuck right yeah. On. That fucking solo, dude. Just when that fucking little two-sweep arpeggio. Yeah. I remember just fucking trying to get that down for hours when I was first playing guitar and I still don't fucking do it right. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. That, I think that's probably Zach's second best solo ever. Like he just really, it goes, it goes a few places, solid beginning, solid ending, but man, that fucking opening riff, like here's something I never noticed. Like with the Zach wild, like, well, with these two albums, how fucking like, Phasey slash chorusy, his fucking guitar sound is. I mean, it's it's yeah. like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, and dude, he just fucking rips on that though. Like, oh, that, like when he, he does that first little fucking. It's such a sick fucking guitar. Song. It's so sick. <laughs> like that song, like really kind of set this album up to be like a banger, and it just. <laughs> how many well, albums so have you it's super like that, it's though? super dated too yeah yeah you know i mean he's you know back then this was a big song because it's like you know, when suicidal tendencies had this song send me your money 
you know, it was televangelists like just taking advantage of people and getting fucking caught, you know, doing shit. Like, I mean, now the closest thing you have, this is like Joel Osteen, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, it's, it's so much more, it's dealt with so much more realistically now where back then it was like, you know, you had a a couple songs here and there, you know, Slayer had uh, some songs like, uh, what fucking cleanse the soul and stuff like that, where, you know, these, they're talking about, you know, Leper Messiah was another one that kind of talks about that sort of thing. Spiritual healing by death. Right. Yeah. Another one. So it was a much bigger deal back then, but Ozzy just has like the, just the cheesiest version of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, well, Jimmy Cena, like, I mean, it's it's all Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, like, it's mm-hmm. you well, know, yeah, it's, it's that fucking Jimmy Swagger, and, you know, he's basically talking yeah. about how he got caught um, fucking a prostitute, right? Yeah, I, I, and, in that, fact, I'm, and he's I to think they talk about Jessica Hahn uh, yeah. being a playboy or whatever. Uh, with uh, she hooked up with um, Screamy guy Sam Kennison. Yeah, she was on the, his cover in the video for his cover of Wild Thing. Yeah. Fucking A, man. The 80s. <laughs> this is like, if you want to talk about the most 80s of certain things, this is like <laughs> the most 80s snapshot in, a, in an Aussie song of, of that moment in time. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? It was a very different time, man. Jeez. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add about Miracle Men, Jimmy? No, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's because I also remember the fucking just the the music video, which was like super weird. He was like wearing the mask and oh yeah, you know, all those fucking icky there in like that barn and shit. And you're just like, whoa. Well, then there's <laughs> the whole like God busted, like miracle yeah. man, like the God little voice busted. box thing. Yeah, <laughs> the little fucking voice box deal or whatever the fuck it is. The, the effect on the vocals. Yeah, this was the debut single from the album and so it was kind of basically mtv's you know unveiling of of zach wild as well right and and so it was Uh, it was really big fucking song at the time yeah i'm looking at the plays i'm looking at plays on a lot of this album they're not that much man this album is not played a whole hell of a lot but i'm assuming too that these have all been changed so many fucking times because you have the expanded edition the regular versions which Right now, they have a lot of that stuff off. Yeah, that probably doesn't help, does it? I mean, I, I got I to gotta think like it probably probably affects it somehow as far as plays go, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Modern problems, man. Speaking of modern problems, Jason. What I have a modern number three. Yeah, Mine's from the same album, dude. It's Fire in the Sky. Uh, okay, right on. That fucking... Like and then the bass is just like boom boom It's fucking awesome. I think it's the best sounding song on the album. I mean, because it's got a lot of breathability. It's just especially at the time. We're listening to, I don't even know what quality MP3s we listen to on Spotify. I know you can adjust it or whatever, but yeah, mine's got but man, like well. when I had the album in the first place, like the fucking bass sound on the album was so fucking cool. Like, and, and again, Bob Daisley to me has been one of just the most underrated, just, you know, not a flashy guy, but I mean, he does have some flash in there. You know, he's just, He's very subtle, flashy, right? I mean, if that's a thing, he can blend in with chrome shoes. I mean, I don't know. Like, 
I just I like the keyboards in it too. Like the keyboards just really work for the song, and it's just fucking great, man. I like the like it's kind of a bridge part going into the solo. Yeah, and then the solo. I mean, he just starts wailing, dude. Like, I mean, this is kind of a preview of <laughs> what what he's been currently doing in black label society for a while or at least in between every song on stage right. yeah like where he was gonna go <laughs> yeah. but then it's got this fucking and it like fades out like it's just it's so because, I mean, he's definitely bluesier than, like, Randy. Yeah, But he, but sure. he has a lot of Randy in him, but he's, he's also... It's almost like he's the mix, right? He's, he's Randy with, with blues in... And, I mean, it's not saying Randy wasn't bluesy at all. I just... Zach's more bluesy. Well, he's got, like, this bluegrass thing going on. When he right, does, like, right. And it's stuff. weird because he's from fucking Jersey. Yeah, he's not even, like, you know, from the yeah. South. He even has, like, a, he even yeah, has, like, a fucking draw and stuff when he talks. Yeah, yeah like, man. he sounds like he's from Georgia or something, you know? But Yeah. I mean, he has the draw, but he has the fucking Jersey accent for sure. It's right, right. Of- but then he's got, you know, then this, this the drums, you know, because it, it does that a few times. And then yeah, like that, that first introduction to the to the drums oh, after dude. just because all you hear for like what is it like fucking probably like a minute straight is do 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 do. Oh yeah, dude! Like at the start, it's just it's just slow. It's a really slow fade in. But then you hear that gaga gaga like the like the spaced out drums, and then that fucking guitar riff comes in. It's pretty tight. Yeah, it's oh. sick as fuck. D-Lo. yes, your number. Three. <laughs> yes, my number three. Is one again. Okay, so there's going to be a recurring theme of all this, but we're going back to what we were talking about earlier. What's down Osmosis. to earth? Uh, oh. That's coming later. We're going, we're <laughs> going down to earth and we're going no easy way out. There's no easy way out. Yeah. There's no shortcut. Wrong song. My yeah, bad. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Not too there far off. No yeah, man, it's it's catchy. It's heavy. It's heavy-ish. It's decently heavy, but it's also catchy as hell. I like that little flangey guitar in the in the beginning. It reminds me of a classic era of Ozzy, kind of like leftover from like No More Tears ish, but brought into the new century. It's ah, man, I I'm surprised. And maybe not surprised. I was going to say surprised he never played it live. But again, when you have X number of years of pre-existing catalog that everybody knows way more, I guess that's got to kind of take priority. But like, I dig it, man. It's not, it's too heavy to be a ballad. It's not heavy enough to be like, a, I don't know if you want to call it a rocker or whatever. It's that thing he did a lot where it's kind of this in between. and uh, And I enjoy it, man. Yeah, I agree. I like that song. Yeah, it's it's my favorite off the album for sure. Yeah, I guess shout out to Junkie too. That would have been my other choice for for this album. But yeah, man, that's, you know, that's, I would say that was probably one of my honorable mentions. If I have to go back, Junkie would probably be in there. Yeah, there's there's some good ones on here, man. It's funny to think too. The other one they were pushing was Dreamer, which is like it's yeah. fun, but it's like it's it's you know he tried to it's do John the Lennon. Dreamer. Wait, Rob yeah. Zombie directed the video, so it looks all weird. That's one of his top songs, dude. Which is just sad I guess to that's, me. But yeah, it's one of those ones. <laughs> We're, we'll get to that soon enough. 
Um, damn, are we already on number two? We are. Fucking A. Jimmy, what's your number two? Fucking Mr. Crowley. I'm glad this popped up somewhere. Fucking A, dude. Fucking Mr. Crowley. Son of a bitch. I like that uh, song. Oh, dude, I fucking love the organs going. Yeah. Then all of a sudden there's that, that fucking silence and it just cuts yep. out and then fucking... Mr. Crowley, bow, yeah, bow, you're like fucking that. It's just like the signature Aussie. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Crowley, that fucking super high gain voice, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. good, dude, so fucking good. And that, I mean, there it was a toss up between that song and my number one. Like they could have easily flipped places, but uh, you know, I'll I'll get more in depth with why my number one's my number one, but yeah, for sure. Mr. Crowley for sure it was a fucking top contender for me. Yeah. It's it kills live, man. Like every oh, time. Oh dude, I saw the Budokan version, like if you've heard yeah. Mr. Crowley with uh, with Zach Wild mm-hmm. doing live at Budokan, fucking shit, that's still a good version. Yeah, it's just that second dude, okay, let's just elephant in the room. The second solo <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. dude. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah, <sighs> it's, it's just fucking nuts. Yeah. Fucking, and it's just—it's so good awesome. for so many fucking reasons. It's just like, god damn it! I like—I—I I wish that was my introduction into mm. Ozzy. Like, had I heard Mister Crowley first, I would have been like. I don't know, dude. I think my life could have taken a very different turn. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> you know, things, things could have got really weird. Fucking name. Oh, just that fucking the harmonies. It's almost. Yeah, it's almost like he's like, uh, hey, I could do it too, Eddie. You know, and there's just. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, fuck. So fucking killer, man. Fucking A, man. Yeah. That's an all-time classic for a reason. You know what I mean? Oh, yep. yeah. Like, uh, I mean, there's... What is it? Cradle Filth did the cover of it. It's fucking... Even, I mean... I could see them doing that good. It's really good, man. I mean, I'm not a huge Cradle of Filth fan, but, I mean, they did a really good job on it. Made it sound really cool. Yeah, um, I could see that. It's time for number two for you, Jason. Oh, shit. I almost forgot to fucking chisel it in my stone tablets uh, <laughs> mine is a kind of like run to the hills but then like fucking first song title track ultimate sin now that i just said that that seems really weird to me that the fucking title track is the first song it's not usually a thing although i Stand corrected, Bark at the Moon is that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's just to me, this is like I think this is probably like his heaviest song. I mean, and the dude, a fucking tone on Jake's guitar, dude, and like all those little fucking in-between licks and shit. And then the video was always funny too. And it's I mean, it's got the clean guitar in, in the verses and whatnot, like a lot of Aussie songs. Like that's one reason why you can hear the bass so good, is because Ozzy really fucking pulls back the guitar during the verses. Um and that became a very common thing later but i mean he it's i mean fuck he's been doing it for a long time you know and then it was the ultimate sin and then just comes back with that fucking heavy ass riff dude like but the video was like um 
I don't know why. I mean, I guess just other than some videos were just like that, but it's kind of a play on the primetime soap opera Dallas. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. all dressed up like J.R. Ewing and shit. Like, yep. It, it, I don't know. I, I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me, but none of his shit makes sense, really. I mean, yeah, most of it anyway. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think with with Castillo's B on there with Jake's riff and and Phil just, you know, Phil Susan just like holding down that fucking body. Like, it's just fucking awesome. Like I remember the first time, you know, obviously the first song on the on the album, and I mean, I heard it, it was just like damn dude you know and it's cool because like i said top to bottom it's a really good album i mean you go from this right into secret loser and you're just i mean that's a good place to be dude yeah dude the only thing i remember about the ultimate send music video was ozzy in a bathrobe throwing the fucking tv in (laughs) and then like coming after that fucking chick and like i don't remember what happens but i remember it like zooming in on his fucking socks and yeah. <laughs> this is literally all i remember from the video and like i probably should have done my homework for this and like watched some videos you know before hey, we before i got good. on this podcast but like that's seriously what i remember this fucking shit eating grin on his face yeah. he just picked up the fucking tv and chucks it and then yeah, she's man. just like ah, silly ozzy and then he's like bitch you're next just <laughs> like starts coming at her she's like yeah. Oh, shit. doesn't yeah. try to run doesn't go anywhere she just stands there and screams at him yeah I mean, just the sight of Ozzy in a cowboy hat was enough for me, man. That's I love it. And when he rips oh, off yeah. the robe, he's just like, ha ha, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like seriously, this is all I remember from that entire video. I'd like to imagine he was high for the whole thing and didn't know he was actually being filmed for the video, so he was just acting <laughs> mega goofy. He just showed up wearing a cowboy hat. It was like, okay, I guess we're theming this after uh, oh, Dallas or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Super weird. He was just <laughs> super wasted and just thought he was J.R. Ewing. Yeah. Ozzy Ewing. <laughs> Ewing. Maybe he thought he was like a master of disguise, you know? Like, he was like, I'm going undercover, guys. Oh, like my the classic God, uh... movie starring uh, Dana Carvey. Oh, yeah, there disguise. you go. The I'm classic movie. I like how you yeah. mentioned that as a classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, classic in like, a very that's... specific sense. That's never been said before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first time. We're blazing trails here. We're doing first. My number two is uh, we're we're not quite to osmosis yet because I think this was a leftover from osmosis, but it's the the special track that was released on Ozman Cometh, going back on Earth from nineteen whatever the hell year that would have been. Again, it's around the time I'm coming up. He's got the creepy video where it's modeled after Nosferatu from the 20s, and it actually uh-huh. has clips from Nosferatu, and he's like in a creepy coffin and shit. It's cool. I, I captured my imagination as a kid, but it's got a cool melody, and it's like I like the keys. Like he had a very specific keyboard sound even in the 90s. You know what I mean? The interplay with the rest of the instruments, I thought that was really cool. Zach Wilde's got that kind of chorusy thing going on with the guitar and all that. Like, it's just a fun ass song, man. Damn, was that a cat? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> was that the doc? No, it's no, it's Jack. He's yelling at me. What the fuck, Jack? Uh, by the way, dude, the, <laughs> the poor doc with the haircut there. Oh uh, yeah. Hopefully that grows yeah. back in before it gets really cold, man. 
Next yes. time on the Metalist Podcast, cat haircuts. I, uh, Welcome to the cat cast. That, that's, yeah. like, that's like half Sorry. the Twitter account. The cat list. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. The cat, cat list. list. Yeah. Number oh, five, parodies for cats. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not mistaken, we have finally reached that point. One of these, you know. Number one. Number one. one. The title track of Diary of a Madman. Or Diary of a Madman. Nice. That's, that's yeah, that's my man. number one also. There you go. Dude, it's just it's got so many different parts. It, it's I mean, from the, the intro riff to when it fucking first kicks off like and when you get to the end it gets all orchestral and there's just so many different parts yeah oh dude i mean yeah that, that fucking main riff man holy shit like yeah that to me composition wise you mean lyrically just everything about that song to me is like my, like that's the epitome of Ozzy for me. And like I said, it was a tough one between Mr. Crowley and that one, because riff wise, I really loved Mr. Crowley and like the song itself, but where diary of a madman kind of comes in is lyrically. I really do like the lyrics of it. And it's yeah. just like, I feel like it tells just a bit more of a story. Dude, I know, man. It's just like holy shit. So fucking sick. I don't understand. Manic depression befriends me. Hear his voice. It's like like the whole the whole middle part where it fucking has like the the keyboards with the acoustic and the clean guitars you know i mean it's super pretty and then the fucking like that fucking riff right there is i mean that's like again i tried not to get into it with fucking sato but i mean that's like iron maiden type shit yeah, yeah. It's progressive you know, like, almost. Yeah. When I first heard, I mean, say what you want about that first riff, but like this fucking riff, I was like, holy fuck, dude. And I mean, I don't understand how people think, I mean, I, I guess I get it. But to me, dude, if you don't think this is Ozzy's best song, I'm not talking to you anymore. Because you don't well, know what you're like fucking talking about. Looks like this is your last about. show with Dave, huh? Yep. Well, no, we do. Our I didn't favorites. even say best song. We're doing favorites. Yeah. No, we do favorites. But to me, yeah. this is his best fucking song, hands fucking down. And I mean, again, you want to fuck with Crazy Train? Go ahead, dude. That shit's fucking child shit compared to this fucking song. Dude. Oh yeah, Dire of Madman's a fucking masterpiece. Like you know what I would love to hear? I would love to hear. I mean, fucking R.I.P.D. It's too bad of a, too bad of a thing. But I would have loved to have heard Death. Individual Ooh. thought patterns, death, do a version of Diary of a Madman. Like, that yeah, would have been so fucking man. sick, dude. Andy LaRock on the fucking lead oh, there. Oh, dude. Ooh. It would you have know, been cool, man. Uh, Jason, did you ever see Ozzy? I can't remember. No, no. Okay, so Jimmy then, did you have you ever seen him actually perform it live? 
sadly no i wonder if he does because like the crazy thing is when a perfect circle or a perfect circle wow a perfect circle first popped up and that's like that's the that's the surf ba- the yeah surf oh, we're gonna make band. that a thing now <laughs> We finally found our next collaboration, Jimmy. Right. Um, but no, when a perfect circle first popped up in like 2000, they performed it. Dude, it's Ozzy, sick. Ozzy said that was the first time it's ever actually been performed live. And really? it occurred to me, yeah, and it occurred to me, I wondered, is that the doc? No. Uh, I thought no. I recognized his nails by now. No, that's definitely Jack. Oh, that's definitely Jack. Yeah, okay. Yes, hi, Jack. <laughs> it's me. Yes, yes, yes. But like, so I wonder... If that was the first time it had been performed like 20 years ago, has Ozzy himself ever performed it? So I don't know. I, I feel mean, like I'm looking, I'm looking at all the fucking like all the live albums like that list. he has, and I don't. I mean, it's not on any of the live albums. I wonder if it's just because there's like too much that would go into that. There's a lot going. I mean, he could if I mean if he could figure out a way to do it now. Now would be the time because we have laptops on fucking stage with us. It's, it yeah. would be the easiest way to do it. Just just backtrack a lot of the stuff. But yeah, there. It it well, he always had a fucking keyboard guy with him though. Yeah, Jeff Nichols, R.I.P. Uh, but he had another guy too. He, he's had a few guys, but, but I mean, it, it would be it would be pretty tough. Yeah, and like I could see also the argument being like it's so long that it could like eat into time that could be used for other songs yeah. and whatnot. Which is yeah, a shame. Ozzy, uh, nineteen ninety six. Oh, yeah. There you go. Balls. It says a rare performance of, but I don't know if this is something someone dubbed over. Oh, uh, those. YouTube trickery. Nope, this is oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's live. Huh. Alrighty. Well fucking I mean. I mean I can't imagine they went on a diary of a madman tour and like didn't play the song. Hmm. That would a- be weird. That would be weird. You're right. Yeah, well, especially if it's only your second album in. You don't have a lot. Especially in an age where fucking the albums that were coming out were only like eight songs a piece, right? So. Yeah. Who knows? It's, uh, that's why it's interesting looking at all these track listings and stuff, going through all these going, oh, yeah. They they kept them pretty short back in the day, didn't they? So, damn, man. But, yeah, it's 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 undeniable. It's unfuck with the bullets pretty sweet you only hear oh, it on yeah. the radio every so often because of how long it is and maybe how much attention span it requires considering the way things are right now but like dude it's and honestly awesome. if you had to chop it it would just ruin the whole yeah fucking... yeah it's yeah. got a flow i don't the radio edit is not necessary yeah. for that like no more tears <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's a whole different thing altogether right no more tears it's like there's a like like the edit works pretty well it's like there's just more to the song that keeps getting added diary of a madman it's like all those parts are kind of necessary for the whole they belong yeah they like they they complement each other and stopping it at any point before that would just like interrupt the flow of it in general yeah most definitely so that's that's number one for me baby yeah works man shout out to diary of a madman Fuck yeah. Yep. So I'll round it out by saying my number one is see you on the other side from Osmosis. <laughs> like just the melody. <laughs> I just feel like I can hear I just hear Jason like breathing harder. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't stand that's your choice. <laughs> that's actually breath coming out my nose like the bull in like fucking all the cartoons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's the red cape in the china shop. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like blowing the fucking ring even, you know, the nose ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets kicked up a little. But no, man, this, the, again, this was another one from when I was a kid and this was when I was first getting into stuff and I always loved the the melody throughout the whole thing. You, you got, they got the little echo effect in the verses and then those massive soaring choruses, man. I'm all about it to this day. The, the verses remind me of yeah. like 70s soft rock type shit, man. Like I, I could see I that. Mean, I bet there's been a lot of babies made to this shit. Like right before their, like right before their boyfriend goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Todd from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back down around to Beavis and Butthead, man. Oh man, video is kind of eh. It's just Aussie, and then like some fortune teller that's not really doing anything. It's it's more like a tax write off video, I could call it in that respect. Because I mean, hey, in the video for Perry Mason, he's got like ten Aussies around him or whatever, right? That each one of those Aussies needs a paycheck. So, man. But yeah, man, that that's my number one, and I guess it has been since I was like. I don't know, 12, maybe, somewhere around there. Fucking, it's just a fun song, man. And that sums up the Aussie career as a whole. Fun songs. And speaking of fun songs, Jason, you got that 10 ready? Are you on mute again? It's done. (laughs) He disappeared. Oh, shit, no, he's gone, gone. Oh. Huh. All right. Well, then I'm saying it's number one. Let's see. You know what his number one is? Oh no, he just messaged me. He nah. said it was. He said it was the same as yours. Nope. Black rain. <laughs> yeah, black rain. <laughs> we, right. Hold on. He's like, I love this song because it's just everything Aussie to me. Yeah. Let me pause. Damn, that sucked. Yeah. Wow. Let's get right into it then. So that's been our episode on Ozzy. Very special episode. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. It's been a great 50 episodes, and we're looking forward to 50 more when we're going to be covering something very similar. Thanks again to Jimmy for joining us. Uh, Let let everybody know what's up for your future, man. You got a lot of stuff coming up. We're all stoked for it. Yeah, man. Uh, I've got my essentially second punk album coming out with Fear the Lions. Um. It's a five-song track or uh, EP. We might be doing it in singles. I don't know yet. But either way, we've got five songs that are just honestly killer from start to finish. We had the pleasure of recording at the Blasting Room with Andrew Berlin. Uh, He's produced bands like Rise Against. Um, He's got a bunch of other credits to his name. Fucking fantastic producer, but really excited for that to release. you know, you go on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. It's Fear the Lions music. Uh, so super excited about that. And then also, if you've got any uh, open-minded people out there for pop music, um, it's my my own name. So it's just Bohart. Uh, Bohart Music. Uh, you can type that into bohartmusic.com, Bohart Music on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you're going to find myself. Uh, follow me on Spotify. It's just Bohart, B-O-H-A-R-D-T. Uh, I'll be releasing songs pretty much every six weeks. Uh, that one's pretty much running. 
uh, again, working with some great people on those videos, songs, you know, please cross my fingers. You guys check this stuff out. It's really uh, killer. Check a lot of hard work into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's killing it, man. It's awesome stuff. Fucking AI. I want to let everybody know where they can find you on the socials. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me pretty much on any social that's popular, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok. Uh, at Heart Music. <laughs> Fucking so, It's all the same handles. So you just do twitter.com backslash Bohart Music, Facebook.com backslash Bohart Music. Yep. Check uh, it out, made, folks. It's easy for everybody. And the same thing with Fear the Lions. Yep. It's the website backslash Fear the Lions Music. Both awesome uh, things. Check it out, folks. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. We can't wait to do this again soon. We'll figure out something between now and 100 for sure. Well, maybe a couple things. Uh, we still got to have our ridiculous ass stories that, that are bound to come out. Way uh, too many for those. Yeah. Until <laughs> then, a few folks. Episode saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. To be continued. Until then, folks, thanks again for joining us. We love hearing from you. I hear from you guys all the time. Thank you very much for that. But please spread, or spread some of that love to Jason as well. Over at Metalist Pod <laughs> on Twitter, Metalist Podcast everywhere else. You can find me I'm every so fucking where. Uh, yes it is i david like rate review subscribe tell your friends thanks again for 50 awesome episodes can't wait for 50 more and beyond love talking to you guys before we close this out i'm gonna shout this out to the other biggest aussie fan i know jacob lily diaper gang and swear jar extraordinaire the homie from chamber who's got an album coming out this friday on pure noise records check it out man 90s metalcore revival if that's your shit really frantic really noisy discordant crazy shit it's awesome check this out support this band it's called the cost of sacrifice again on pure noise records check that shit out until then eat your veggies thank you and good night your prayers thank you Time to shake loose the throat crud. (laughs) Dude, that's a good band name right there. Throat crud. No, no, don't ever say that again. Throat crud. Oh, dude, did Brett ever get into throat milk with you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, Throat yolk. Oh, I never heard of that one. What the fuck is throat yolk? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that exactly what I think it is? Oh, man. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's little to lose the imagination on that one yeah. Throat yokes is exactly i'm putting, this, I'm putting this at the end of the show yep yep <laughs> yep thanks for listening folks you made it all the way to the end this is your special reward throat hey, yoke you're still yeah. here yep. yeah the show's over yeah go, go home, home. <laughs> yeah